motion I would like to motion that we motion this to another day. That we motion this hearing to another motion. I would we like already, to motion. We did that. I would like to motion that there are no more motions in the world today. I hate motions. If I I'm would being like honest. to, I would like to motion that. My little deviants. Together we will find the right ingredients. We will stir the beef that is the horror soup. And the last thing you will find is the spaghetti hoop. There's eyes and flies and anything that dies. There's a nasty surprise in every Beautiful, guys. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. You know, the the birds are chirping. Chirp, chirp, chirp. You know, the the rocks are are rolling. Dwayne, the Rock Johnson. You know, everything's just like flowing out. We're flowing like an ocean. We're going down. Going down this tube, bruh. uh, We're going down the PCH. There it is. We found it. We found it. You know, we're just coasting these waves, bro. You know, like, there's so many waves in the world, and, you know, this is one of them. That's how it is, bro. And, you know, when you find another wave, you just, you coast it, baby. Yeah, yeah, bra on. You know what I mean? So, hey, guys, I'm Caleb. This is the 150th episode of Horror Soup. I guess technically it's probably more like 200-something-ish, but I don't go by numbers. for This is the 150th regular non-vampire numbered movie episode but there's also like three or four like true crime ones in there so it's probably like 146 but then there's also movies that i haven't named i haven't like numbered (laughs) so this is around the 150th non-vampire non-true crime movie episode of the horror suit podcast (laughs) that's true thank you james for reminding me we needed an air horn in that um this is James. James is here. Thank you for being here for the 150th episode, James. 150, man. If you don't or know James, he is the one, extraordinaire for Night Shift or, Video. 150 or 350, whatever it actually is. Who knows, you know? Yeah, I don't know. We could. I guess I could probably just go to like the Spotify. I think it just tells you like how many are on the feed, but like also there's just other stuff. Look, it's it's fucking 150. We're on 150. 150. We're on, we're on 150. And for 150, okay, I kind of realized very late that it was 150 and then james was like hey what are we doing tomorrow and i was like oh shit it's 150 we got to do something cool and then i think you suggested leprechaun in space which really just pointed me in the right direction because i was like oh yeah that's a perfect idea jason in space it just had to be a space movie for 150 you know it had to be a space movie, and now that I think about it, I don't know if I've done any series that like awkwardly went to space. Like I think I've done, like I've done movies that have like you know been in space or like have went to space or like et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah, Life Force. Yeah, exactly. But not like an iconic villain or character that right. goes to space. And I can't believe it's been this long. Yeah, no, uh, no Leprechaun in space, no Jason X, no whatever the name of that Hellraiser was. That everyone calls Pinhead in space, but that's not actually the name of it. Yeah, yeah. But to be <laughs> fair, though, I don't really do any of the, like, 
OG or like big known series. Like I've I've done right. like probably Child's Play is the one I've done the most of. Maybe Halloween is like a second or they're probably actually no, I think I've done more Halloween movies than I have Child's Play or maybe about the same Child's Play slash Chucky that is. But I mean, I don't I've done like one Friday the 13th movie. I've done the first Hellraiser. Um, I've done like one Texas Chainsaw, not even on this. And it was on a scream. I mean, right. really, I don't really I don't I don't do the classic stuff, you know, you don't do it. It's not really my bread and butter, but uh, at the same time, it really is my bread and butter because I mean, Jason X, man, it's oh. it's kind of astonishing that I haven't done as many Friday the 13th as I should have. But it's also just a thing where I'm like, I don't know. I like watching new weird things that I haven't heard of. So, right. Yeah. It's hard for me to go back to things that are just like very apparent in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I've ever been like, man, I really want to do a review of and then, like, say a movie that, like, I, I've already seen a million times. Like, and I want to do a review of things I haven't seen yet. Exactly. And I wouldn't even call them reviews. I'd call them more just, like, I want to fucking... Covering, yeah. Just, like, like Not even cover. Like, I don't stuff. even know if I want to call it cover. Do I talk about these movies? I feel like I don't. I feel like I want to just, like, I want to fucking regurgitate whatever weird movie that I haven't seen a million times. It's just, I feel like it's so much effort to take notes on a movie. <laughs> and it probably shouldn't be. But like I, I I just I push I push it way too hard. Like there are sometimes that I I think that what I should do is watch the movie and then watch it again and take notes. You know, I've done that a fair amount of times, and I will say when I watch a movie just on its own and then I take notes on it after, I ninety percent of the time have like a lot more fun and like it just turns out a lot better. Right. Yeah. I should try that. One uh friend did tell me like a long time ago that I should um like use like the text to speech or something and then just like pause in between and do like text to speech oh, to like sure, write notes yeah. and I was like that actually might be a good idea but then I'm like I don't know then I'm pausing I've just never tried it it might be a good idea though yeah never attempted it though but anyway we're covering Jason X today we're also discussing the current legal issues surrounding the Friday the 13th franchise like as a whole we're going to be doing that at the end of the episode like after um the whole movie discussion but before we get into all of that this month's poll is over and killer condom from 1996 is the winner yeah I'm it pretty... was a landslide actually it was like right up there with uh Zombievers very much almost won oh, but did then Zombievers catch up no, Zombievers and, like, Kill a Condom were neck-to-neck -neck for a while, but then Kill a Condom got the lead and just went right off with it. Mm. And you know what? I'm excited because everything else on that list was Malignant, Ice Cream Man, and Zombievers. And I've seen all those movies. And, like, I mean, while I would yeah. like to cover... Actually, I would like to cover any of them. I wasn't going to be mad about any of those picks, if I'm being completely honest. But Killer Condom was the one that I wanted the most. I've never seen Killer Condom. It's been on my list for a long time, so I'm excited for that one. I've never even heard of Killer Condom. It's exactly what you would think. It's well, teeth, I hope so. but with a condom. So, I mean, it's I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. But anyway, this month's bonus episode is Scream 5 plus Texas Chainsaw 22. There's a new Tales from the Crypt episode featuring my buddy James right here and the legend, Shout, the fucking legend himself. <laughs> you remember Shout, James? Oh, I remember Shout. <laughs> what is stand for again <laughs> i cannot remember that it's something sort of and what was that word that he misspelled in every single thing like his email address <laughs> his website and, oh. <laughs> i wish i could remember off the top of my head but guys know. just know that episode tell from the crypt is probably like my favorite that i've ever official, put out official 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 it was o-f-i-c-a-l or something like that right? yeah a fickle <laughs> Whew. The internet's a wild place, guys. Oh, wait. 
No, wait, did he put two Fs and there wasn't an I in it? I can't remember. It was just, I remember it was a fickle. So I think there wasn't an I in it then. I think it was a fickle. Or no, no, <laughs> O-F-F-I-C-A. What was a fickle? A fickle. How did he spell it? I can't even remember it's, anymore. He swapped the I and the C, I think. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I was trying to email this guy, and I was like, it says it's undeliverable, and then we find out that all of the officials, like, could you imagine, like, writing official on something? <laughs> like, how do you know it's official if official is spelled wrong? <laughs> and, like, that's the that's the weird part, though, because it actually is his official. Like, that's that's the official. It's the that's real what, one. That's where you're finding his stuff, but... <laughs> maybe, maybe it's all on purpose. Maybe it's all on purpose, so, like, so someone comes along and says, like, oh, I emailed shout official and he's like yeah that's the fake one that's the fake one you gotta email a fickle you got if you want to if you want to get to me you got to do the right one <laughs> that's so fucking stupid but anyway we watched tales from the crypt and we talked about this guy's shout because he posts like tales from the crypt videos on youtube and he advertises at the end and he's like yeah. in full gear full makeup like he looks like a member of acdc but like swedish and like like in kiss. the present time period yeah wait who did i say ACDC. I meant Kiss. I meant Kiss 100%. <laughs> Honestly, though, can we be completely honest? Like, ACDC without makeup, it, it, I mean, like... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> but anyway, that's probably, like, my favorite thing I've ever done ever because I was crying laughing. We stopped the video Dude. on that one, too, and then we found out more about this guy and had to we keep recording for, digging. like, 25 minutes and had to, like, post it on because oh. we were so deep in shout research. <laughs> Man, I need to. I need to know. Has has anyone listening actually saw that? Saw us go through all that? Like, did anyone actually watch it? I think a couple people have because I've I've like I told you I found Shout like once before and it's been right, on a video right. like from months ago too. So I'm like I'm sure someone has to have seen that guy and like I don't know. I'm trying to only watch Shout Tales from the Crypt videos from now on so I get messages yeah. from him at the end. I need I need to be able to talk to more people about Shout as well. I need him to talk to me. That asshole hasn't emailed me back. Well, what is he doing that he can't email me back? He's creating all these characters. Right. He's, he's recording all these all these albums. He's, he's putting got like all nine this albums. shit on his website. He's making backstories for every single one of his characters <laughs> and costumes and shit. You're right. He has a lot on his on his plate. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna man. give it to him. <laughs> okay but all of that stuff and ad free episodes early access episodes and much more all on patreon.com slash horror soup and speaking of patreon uh there's one new patreon this week it's madeline overmoyer overmeyer overmeyer uh nuna maker <laughs> you uh you related to joe dirt that's why they named you joe dirt said another maker <laughs> When he's when he's plowing her, he's like, "Wait, what's your last name?" That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite moment in movie history. And then he's on the radio, and everyone's says, "He's like, you're my sister, you're my sister." <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, oh. Joker, no." <laughs> okay, anyway, dude, I fucking love Joe Dirt so much. You know, it's me, so good. Me and Bree talk about Joe Dirt more than like any other movie in the fucking world. And then like you one should. night while we were like hanging out at her apartment, we we're like, dude, we haven't watched Joe Dirt in forever, but we reference this movie every day. So yeah. we rented Joe Dirt and we started watching it. Bree fell asleep in like five minutes and I was just sitting up just like having the greatest time. I was like, dude, this is the best fucking movie ever. Oh, it's so good, man. <laughs> and I feel like that, like that storytelling style is very dated too of like, like how you make the movie by like him telling the story at the radio station and then you like flash back and stuff. 
Like no, I feel like no one's doing that kind of thing anymore. Like someone make a movie like that again. I think the last time that happened was Howard Stern's Private Parts. Like before that, right, right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, like it was Private Parts, and then it was Joe Dirt, and it was like, okay, yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, nobody does that. And yeah, it's cheesy and it's probably a crutch, but I want to, I want to see a modern movie with that that setup. I just feel like it wouldn't work as good modern now because, like, radios are so different nowadays, you know? Like, if you look at a radio show in, like, the 90s or, like, even early 2000s compared to now, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, for I sure. Don't know. I don't know. I feel like we have podcasts now. Is radio still a thing? Like, fucking a ball. And that's – so what's the modern version? Maybe it's someone's telling their story <laughs> on a podcast. podcast. So then, then you just listen to the podcast. Back. You know what? See, that does not work. <laughs> that's the reason why no one's making that because that does not work whatsoever. I'm telling you right now. Because it's funny it's funny <laughs> i'm gonna make it i got oh, it I'm, I'm, I'm gonna write it we're gonna sell it okay i no one's buying it <laughs> yeah somebody <laughs> no will buy it no one's buying it okay word on the street is netflix is interested in anything these days so <laughs> i mean yeah that that is pretty true that's pretty fair so as of date the popularity of jason x on imdb is 4924 it's down 253 i feel like that's pretty good Okay, yeah, that's solid. I don't know what that number is based off completely. Like, is say, that, I, don't I think know. that's out of like every movie because, like, right now I'm looking at it. It says like I never look at this honestly, but Batman's number one. The Adam Project is number two. Fresh is number three. That new Turning Red thing is up there. West Side Story. Oh, it must have to do with like people looking it up then. Yeah, people looking it up. I feel yeah. like that being right under five thousand for being like for all the shit it gets, uh, you know, talked on and whatnot. I think that's not too bad. People are still searching it up to up to now. That's not too bad. I like that. Not I like bad. that. So this is Jason X from 2001. It was shot like a while earlier, and I don't think it released in the U.S. until uh, 2002. But it was like, I think the movie was pretty much done and made by like, it was like 1999, 2000 at the latest. But it sat for a long time. Like everyone kind of forgot about it and no one gave a shit about it. So it was kind of <laughs> just sitting around for a long time. And I have some more interesting information about that in a second. But did you also know this is the last movie starring Kane Hodder? The last Jason movie. Is it really? Yeah, no more Kane Hodder after this. They kind of snubbed him for Freddy vs. Jason, yeah. and then he, they never called That's him for right. the remake or anything, so he's just been gone ever since. Yeah, son of a bitch. I mean, he had interest in doing the rest of them, but then they were just like, right. yeah, no, uh, bye Kane Hodder. Like, I don't know why, but, you know. Oh, I remember uh, because I did a deep dive on Freddy vs. Jason, and it's it was something really, really stupid. It was like... It was, like, trivial, honestly. It, it was like the writer was like, oh, Jason has to be tall and Kane Hodder's not tall. And he, like, went and got a different actor who was literally two inches taller than Kane Hodder. Yeah, it's like, what difference does that make, dude? <laughs> like, no, it's a dude in a fucking mask and you're recording a movie. <laughs> like, right. Have you seen Tom Cruise on screen? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That dude's like 4'9", and he does not look 4'9 on screen. Right. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, I mean, I mean, at the very least, at the very least, his teeth look 4'9", but this isn't a Tom Cruise uh, middle tooth discussion. Yeah, it is. Did you also know Rowan, the main chick? Do you know what else she's been in since this? I, I tried to look into it. I didn't see anything I recognized. It's going to piss you off when I say this because I ah. I kind of like mulled over it a couple times. And then once I saw it and I like really thought about how she looked in the role that I'm going to say right now, it pissed me off that I didn't realize it sooner. Okay. She, she's Brie Wheeler in Chucky in the new Chucky series. She's Junior's mom, Devin Sawa's wife. Oh. Okay, real quick, Chucky spoiler because I know you've seen it too. If you guys don't want to be spoiled for Chucky, go like 30 seconds ahead. Huh. She's the one who got pushed out of the hospital, you know? And fell to her death on the car. Right. That was her. Junior's mom. Hmm. Look at that. 
Dude, that kind of blew me away because I looked through her thing a few times. I didn't notice it at first. And then I saw Chucky and I was like, wait, who the fuck was she in Chucky? And I was like, oh my God, you were like very adamantly in the show. Were. I mean, yeah, she died. But like, I mean, like, that, look, look, that's pretty cool though. I mean, like she didn't have any other roles that I really cared about, but I'm like, you know what? They, they saw you in Jason X, I'm sure. And they were like, let's put you in Chucky. No, we're bringing her back for the Chucky series. That's, that's her, uh, her victory lap. I don't know. Pretty iconic. I loved her role in that, too. I think she's the best actress in this movie. In this movie? Yes, in Jason X. 100%. No, no, look, look. I know that, like, the acting is, like, it's not the highlight of the movie. That's not the fun part of it. But in a movie of people who are acting, like, all ridiculous, I feel in like she world. was... One... <laughs> I feel like she was, like, one of the only grounded characters we had. I felt like... Maybe her acting was the best, but I feel like her character and everything about her I'm not her talking about the character. I'm talking about just, like, acting It's so insanely written that where it makes absolutely no sense. Yes, but I'm talking about what she, like, her chops, you know, like, what she's able to do on she her own. It. Oh, okay. She, she brought, brought it. Okay, she brought it. She brought it. I think she's a good that. actress, and I mean, like, after seeing her as Brie Wheeler and Chucky, I think she's a great actress. I think she did sure. really, really good in that role. Look, just leave her the fuck alone, all right, <laughs> I'm just saying, Rowan is the most confusing, uh, nonsensical, and honestly, unnecessary character in the movie. Like, she didn't really need to be there for any of this. She's the Jason expert. I have so many problems with that. There's no way she's a Jason expert. I know. (laughs) That's why, that's their argument for why she needs to be there. But, like, if you really think about it, she did not not need to be here. She didn't need to get frozen. This could have just been Jason waking up on this spaceship, killing these people without her at all, and it wouldn't have changed a damn thing. She wouldn't have got stabbed through a cryogenic chamber and got frozen, like, <laughs> through a machete, like, through contact by machete if she wasn't in the movie. I'm, I'm so okay with her being in the movie. <laughs> it was perfect. And they have that line, like, you always have a character in a, in a horror movie that's like, yeah, no fucking everything. I got all your information. And it's her. And there's never a reason for why they have the expo- like all the information. Like, she didn't know Jason before. She just stumbled upon him. Right. Oh, fuck. Okay. And we also have an appearance from David Cronenberg. Yeah, why? He actually knows the director, James Isaac. James Isaac is like, mm. I'll talk about him in a second, but he's done like some uh, effects and stuff on movies, like cr- uh, practical effects or whatnot. And he did some of the creatures on David Cronenberg's The Fly, and he knew him from then. He's done a bunch of other movies with him since. Gotcha. So they were kind of just like talking, and he was like, hey, can I borrow a so-and-so, I can't remember who it was, like for this movie? And he was like, yeah, you could use her, but only if I could be in your movie and only if you kill me. And then he was yeah. like, Okay, yeah, he was like, I'm not going to say no to David Cronenberg being in my fucking Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, I mean, he just kind of does that sometimes. I I watched a movie pretty recently that he's in. I forget what it is now. But yeah, he was like, it was just like a friend directing it. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> like He's like the main bad guy in the whole movie. It's like, yeah, he's just, I think he just <laughs> loves being in things. Like, he just loves entertainment. <laughs> yeah. I love that guy. And apparently, like, while he was working on this movie as an actor, like, during his downtime during shooting he was writing the script for naked lunch and i was like oh shit look at that yeah and you know what's funny too uh you know that line where he says i don't want him frozen i want him soft yeah 
he actually wrote that like they were having some troubles with the scene and they were like i don't know exactly like it, like i think it was todd isaac or maybe it was todd or i mean um um james isaac or like todd farmer james isaac is the director by the way todd farmer the writer of the movie one of them was like yeah i don't really uh, know about like this i think i think it was I, I i'm doing too much exposition but i think it was isaac and uh cronenberg came up to isaac and he was like hey i wrote this like what do you think about this like i rewrote this whole scene and he was like oh yeah i like that so he was like yeah i want jason soft Let's do it that way. Okay, so anyway, uh, what I just mentioned a second ago, written by Todd Farmer, and this is actually his first acting and writing credit. He also wrote the screenplay for the 2009 My Bloody Valentine remake. Um, interesting enough, though, Jason X went through several rewrites, some being right before shooting, and a lot of it had to do with jokes like they were just rewriting a bunch of jokes and even um the original friday director sean s cunningham was also involved with a few uncredited rewrites in this so i think it kind of like a lot of people had a stab at this movie yeah and Todd Farm, I mean, we both read this, like, uh, little, like, autobiography thing that he uh, wrote. Right, I can't remember what it was right. called, like, Wendingo or Wampo or something like that. Some website. <laughs> Wumbo, I don't know. Wendigo. Wendingo, exactly. Um, <laughs> he's, like, talking about all his struggles and writing and stuff. He's like, yeah, Jason X is the first screenplay I wrote. But he's like, it's not the first. It's more like the 27th. It's just the first one that, like you know, went somewhere and was able to do things. And he really just talks about his life. He's like, yeah, I've lived a pretty modest life, but I've been able to like live through like screenwriting and like making things and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's paid the bills. He's like, I live in a small house. I have a very modern, like just average life, but like, I love what I do and I like doing this stuff. And like, you know, I've been yeah. through a lot of like Hollywood bullshit and this, that, blah, blah, blah. And I'm really just saying all this because we're going to talk a lot about other people in this Friday universe later. And I just want to say right now, like, I think Todd Farmer is like one of the most genuine ones in this whole story. Dude living living the dream right you know honestly yeah like yeah he's not he's not a huge like extremely successful writer with millions and millions of dollars but like he 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 makes enough to have a living and he just gets to write and do it you know kind of do what the fuck you want to do you know and not be pigeonholed into writing only a certain style or have to get signed to some big deal which we see with good writers good movie writers all the time they get signed to some big deal to do like you know, multiple like franchise movies like, oh, David Goyer, go do three Batman movies. And then by the third one, he's completely burnt out and shot and the script sucks. Like, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty cool. I, I respect Todd Farmer a lot. I think it's a cool guy. Everything like I've watched a lot of like, I mean, I went through so many bonus features and shit. And I mean, shout out to Puzzled Monster on Instagram. I know they sent me this through like the Scream podcast stuff. But like when we first started Scream, um, the Jason set was coming out like the Shout Factory, uh, like full Friday the 13th right, franchise right, set right. was coming out. And I just like kind of was just like, you know, just throwing. Out. I was like, yeah, someone buy this for me. I was just like more like a joke. But then Puzzled Monster on Instagram messaged me and was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that for you. And then sent it to me. And it's been great. <laughs> like there's so many cool bonus features and like extra so interviews cool. and a bunch of stuff. So thank you, Puzzled Monster. I know I told you like I'd get to it eventually. And I used the fuck out of that for this episode. I had so much fun. So thank you so much for that. So around this time, Freddy versus Jason was still in production, so it was decided right. that Jason X would take place in the future to avoid timeline conflicts. Before this, Jason Goes to Hell was also made, which was literally like the first movie that was kind of like a fluffer, because they were like, all right, we're going to make Jason or Freddy versus Jason, but we don't know what's going on this with this, with this at the time, because the movie was what was called in what was called development hell, which is just, right. it's what it sounds like. It's when a movie is in development for way too long, and it's like, oh, shit. This sucks. Yep. So they were having a lot of issues with New Line and Freddy and blah, blah, blah. So they made Jason Goes to Hell, which, I mean, we could talk a little... I'm going to talk a little bit about that during this. Um, that's my least favorite Friday movie ever made in the history yeah. of the world ever. I barely even count it. 
Like, in a world where people look at Halloween 3 as, like, the black sheep and they're like, fuck, this movie is not part of the franchise. No, fuck you. Jason Goes to Hell isn't part of the Friday <laughs> franchise. Like, Halloween 3 can stay wherever it wants. That's a good movie. This shit sucks <laughs> as a movie on its own or as a Friday movie. Like, any way you look at it, Jason Goes to Hell sucks. Yeah. So, fuck you, Sean Cunningham. Uh, we'll talk more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> There's a so, lot. There's a lot to come. We should probably get through the movie pretty quick so we can get to that stuff. Dude, we should, because otherwise it's going to go on for way too long. I have a lot to say. So, there were talks about Jason Takes Los Angeles and Jason takes the Middle East for this one. Could you imagine that? They even talked about Jason... Oh takes africa and they put like an african headdress on him as like a joke in like the little like um like special feature and i was like i, I, don't, I don't know about all that guys <laughs> that's a, a little tone deaf if you ask me i'm really glad that middle east and africa neither one got made that's all i'm gonna say LA I'd be fine with. That could be funny. <laughs> LA would be cool. LA would be cool, but we already kind of got Manhattan and that didn't work out. So like no. in in the way that people thought it was, that was Jason goes on a boat, so like It was Jason on a boat. Yeah, so if they actually did LA, I'd be like that would be cool, but like yeah, there were a couple people too that were like, "Could you imagine Middle East or Africa? That would have been the coolest." And I'm like, "No, it wouldn't." No. <laughs> no. That seems like a bad decision. Like, I don't know. Maybe you could do it somehow and it would have worked. Like, I don't know. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but I just don't see that working out yeah. too well. I'm glad you went to space instead. I guess there's there's one there's one thing that could be interesting if okay. we're talking about like different like continents and, you know, countries that he could go to. I just want Jason in Antarctica. Snow Jason, please. Yeah. Winter Jason, why have why did it never happen? Like, I know we got the Never Hike Alone fan film, which people say is really, really great, and, like, it probably is, and I'm not upset about that, but, like, why no official Jason in the snow? It's perfect. And he was originally in Connecticut, so, like, why the fuck? It snows in Connecticut. I used to live there. Like, why, why did we not get Jason in the snow ever? It's a very good question because snow movies are like my favorite of all time right next to like space movies. But I mean, like, you know, it's like it's really that thing where it's like you could have went to uh, Big Bear or you could have went to space. And you know what? You pick space. I, whatever. I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not going to argue. Yeah. Someone make a snow Jason like in the future, you know, like snowy Jason. But we'll talk about the future later. Um, it's it's rough right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, directed by James Isaac, who directed The Horror Show and was involved with special effects on Return of the Jedi, Gremlins, House 2, and Virtuosity. I fucking love Virtuosity. Shout out <laughs> Russell Crowe, my man. And, like I said, th him doing stuff on, like, The Fly and other Cronenberg movies was the reason he uh, got Cronenberg in this movie. Yeah. This was right after New Line obtained Friday, after Paramount basically just gave the series to Sean Cunningham. And, like, I, I saw interviews, like, from before Sean Cunningham said something about it, and they were like, I think... I think Paramount just gave Sean Cunningham Friday because they were, like, sick of it and they didn't want it. And then I watched an interview and he was like, yeah, I kind of just asked him about it and they just gave it to me because they didn't want it. So <laughs> that clears everything up. That's how this ended up because the timeline of everything and again. We'll and talk about and this remember, remember that. Remember that he got it for basically nothing. That he got it for no he got it fucking handed to him. Remember that later <laughs> because this is a whole thing. Like, this is a whole fucking thing, dude. So they gave him this movie. He made Jason Goes to Hell in in preparation for Freddy vs. Jason. And then after that came out, Freddy vs. Jason still wasn't coming out. So they're like, fuck it. Let's right. go make a tenth one. And then eventually, I think Freddy vs. Jason came out, what, the year after this maybe? Or 2003? Three sounds right. So the budget for this 
was 14 million when they first talked about going to space and whatnot and they got like estimates for the budget they were like okay it's gonna cost like 34 million and they're like okay let's switch this up and we'll do something else and uh but we're still doing this space thing they thought they were gonna abandon it at first but uh you know they had some go-arounds and it's kind of why the movie looks the way it does which explains why the sets in this movie look are, like are like cardboard cutouts it's like star trek 1960s original series <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's like the set of like a twilight zone episode when they just have a spaceship like off in the corner <laughs> but it's like it works very well in my opinion it's it's like a it's like a 90s laser tag arena <laughs> Oh fuck it. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Okay, so they made 17 million at the box office and if you remember the budget that I just mentioned a second ago, um they didn't make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> no, they didn't that. But when it came out on DVD, it did make like triple the budget in uh like DVD sales. So Say, I think it was like home video home video darling, right? Like this is exactly the type of movie that you rented. Like that's what it that's what it was for. Honestly, it might have done better if it just went straight to DVD. Might have been. Like, because if it made all those sales from going to DVD and only 17 million at the box office, I don't know if they just did it DVD, like people might have bought it like a bunch when it first came out and then kind of died down a little bit or it kept going. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, 18 months, by the way, is how long it took to release from the time it was done. Oof. A year and a half. So what so what already looked dated by like CGI standards and effect standards and the, the sets and everything already looked dated. And it still didn't come out for almost two, for like two years. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and that also leads to like some of the timeline issues in the movie where they mention certain things. You're like, okay, that doesn't exactly add up. It's like, well, because right. the movie came out a couple years after it was supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> and also before this came out. So like I said, it was done for a year and a half. This ended up getting leaked the whole movie and it ended up being the most bootlegged movie at the time on like not LimeWire but like a LimeWire-ish kind of site. Oh, like BearShare or Kaza or whatever. Something like that. I don't remember which one it was, but it was the most bootlegged movie. That's funny. <laughs> and then it came out later. Like I mean, I can't imagine that that can't go into why the box office was so low. So many people already bootlegged it and saw already it. Already saw like, it. Well, I don't got to go fucking see it now. Like, I don't know how long. I don't know what the timeline was and how long it was bootlegged for and how long it was out before it actually released. But yeah. I imagine it was at least a while. That really was like the cutting edge of piracy too, you know? 100%. Like, because <laughs> that had to have been around like 1999, to, like 2000-ish, like right. something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. So... On Rotten Tomatoes, this has a 19% by critics, a 25% by audience, and a 4.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Those are too low. Those are way too low. But, I mean, in the world where, like, some of the Leprechaun movies have 0%. How crazy is that? I think that's ridiculous. Like, that's just rude all around. Like, they're not that bad. I've seen bad movies, and I'm like, the only thing that, like, you know, that uh, that tells me is, like, you guys haven't seen enough bad movies. Right. If you're rating stuff like this, 0 percent like you have not seen a bad movie no. i've seen deadheading which was just fucking an hour and 15 minutes of this chick talking to herself and acting like she was a stewardess and acting like she was going to kill someone acting <laughs> like it was going to be a horror movie while not acting and it was so bad that like three or five of us on letterbox like started commenting back and forth with each other and like had a therapy session from like how bad that movie was like that's how bad the movie was we had like our own therapy session on the letterbox comments that's, that's a hilarious. bad movie that's a fucking zero star right right
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, we're getting into the Jason X now. It's ripped. It's ripped directly from Alien and Aliens, but it's also Blade yep. Runner and kind of the fourth kind. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or not the fourth kind. The fifth. Uh, the fifth element. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, the fifth sorry. element. Yeah, that's what I yeah. meant to say. <laughs> K- K- KM is straight from Fifth Element. Yes, I thought her name was Ki. Like, uh, not just during my whole watch of this, but for the past like 15 years, and I've watched this movie a lot. I swear to God, her name was K.I. I don't know. I think I'm just... I fucked up. But, okay. <laughs> Before we get into this, I found out that the alternate original intro revolves around some kids going to Earth 1 for, like, a school field trip kind of thing to find, like, weird artifacts. They're looking for, like, bottle caps, just, like, weird Earth stuff, you know, that isn't on Earth 2 right. or whatever now. And some kids find Jason. Others find a condom with an expiration date on it, and they say, all right, let's try it out. And then they fuck, and then I think Jason comes up and kills them while they're fucking. <laughs> That's a better one. idea. That's such a good intro. I think That's a better idea. That should have won. I think they wanted to do that, and I'm pretty sure it was like producer or someone, something that were like, no, right. that's not happening. But I'm like, that's a good intro. That should have won. That would have been perfect. <laughs> that would have been fucking hilarious, dude. Like, so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but without further ado, let's get into Jason X. So the movie starts off with a very personal feeling um, stare off between a military dude and Jason. But Jason's like immobile. Like he's like kind of just standing there stationary, like kind of chained up. Doesn't yeah. seem like he can do anything. Right after the stare off, we're introduced to none other than David Cronenberg, who's the leading military director in the Jason division, I'm going to call it. And he notifies us that he cares more about researching Jason than he does the safety of the world. And that's around the time when they go over to Jason's sheet, they lift it off, and it's replaced by the dude that was like having a stare off with him. Right. So that's how we know Jason is, uh, he's escaped. Him on the loose. So basically what happens here is that Jason pulverizes everybody. It's probably one of the best intros to a Friday movie, in my opinion. Like, I would say, okay, even though I just finished talking shit about it, I think, and this might be a hot take. I I don't think, actually, I think this is a good take. Jason Goes to Hell probably has the best intro of any Friday the 13th movie ever made. That's an interesting take. Do you remember the intro to Jason Goes to Hell? I haven't seen Jason Goes to Hell, and I don't even know how long. In the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell, the military basically traps Jason in, like, the middle of, like, a deserted field, and they put a bunch of spotlights on him, and then they just blow him up. Like, fucking shoot him, pulverize him, and then, like, literally, like, drop a fucking nuke on him and blow him into pieces. Great. To me, that's probably, that's the most realistic, like, most accurate, like, intro to any friday movie because it took nine like you haven't any any other friday movie they start they're like oh my god this guy jason apparently he killed people oh what are we gonna do about it whatever and this one they're like no yeah we're gonna blow him up because if any military knew about this dude walking around the first thing they would do is blow him (laughs) up how does it take like nine years in like you know movie universe ish i guess not nine years but you know i'm just going by the ninth movie if they were to come out year by year um how does it take nine to blow this guy up hey man we had to we had to wait for for Paramount to let go. We had to wait for Paramount to just hand it over to Sean Cunningham. 
Yep. So that he could be like, hey, I've hated Jason all along. Let's blow him up. Let's just blow him up. <laughs> I've never liked this guy. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So anyway, he kills like seven people and like he throws like a spear into David Cronenberg's chest. He like chains some people and fucks them up. And then this is the Blade Runner part of the movie because our lead chick, her name's Alexa Doig. Alexa Doig. That's, uh, you know, Rowan. We've already Rowan. talked about her. We've already discussed her. I don't know how to pronounce her name. It's a, I'm sorry. It's, it's a Doig. Come on. Doig, it sounds like Homer going... It's not a real name. Do... <laughs> Come on. That's ridiculous. The Doig. She tries to cryogenically freeze Jason, but he stabs her through the chamber with a machete, which is like, how strong is that fucking thing? How weak is it, I guess? Ridiculous that he's able to stab through the door of the cryogenic chamber. And, I mean, I'm not an expert in cryogenics, but I would think that if he stabbed a hole through it, it would no longer work because it's not sealed properly. You would think so, but I think that we're supposed to assume, because this is the coolest thing, the machete makes the seal because he stabs it just so ever so perfectly in there. It keeps the seal, and then that's why it goes through it, freezes the machete, and Rowan. (laughs) That's pretty iconic. I guess. So now Jason and Rowan are both frozen together. We move on like some 400 years into the future to follow a set of what I'm going to refer to as summer campers from the future on an alien spaceship. Yeah, so why are they children? Okay, so I did get an explanation for this. They were like, okay, so we're going to do like teenagers in, later in the in the, in the the movie, like in the future, blah, 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 because it's, it's Jason. He has to be killing teenagers. That's the whole... I, agr- I agree. I agree. That's the whole point of it. So yeah, so they said, have to have teenagers, and what they decided is that teenagers would still pretty much act the same as they do, like, around the time that they were doing this, but they would just be a little, like, technically smarter. Like, they're still stupid, but they're, like, book smart, you know? Right. But, like, I need I need the... I'm sure there is one, because they call, like, the captain of the ship or whatever professor, but I feel like they never fully say, like, why are they all here? Is this a class where you live on a spaceship together? Like... Kind of, because, okay, Professor Lowe, he does say that those are his students. Right. So, like, I think he's te- he's teaching them the art of... Space? Fi- finding space people artifacts, maybe? And then selling them for money? <laughs> Look, the fact that we're talking about the story, I mean, th- the writers <laughs> didn't write a story for this. They were fully aware of the fact that they didn't write a story. Like, this is, this is just a pure Friday. I'm going to use You're right. what Roger You're right. Ebert said about uh, altered states for, for this, which, by the way, I mean, um, he didn't have the same thing to say that he did about altered states for this movie. But, but, um, <laughs> this is a pure Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and also, I'm never going to refer to these as summer campers from the future on an alien spaceship again. I just want to say that once. But... <laughs> They come across Jason's frozen body, and one of them goes, what's on his face? And it continues with, some kind of 20th 20th century carbon filtration unit. And then one goes, it's a hockey mask. The other goes, what's a hockey mask? And then the robot chick, uh, uh, what's her name, KM? KM, yeah. KM goes, a hockey mask is facial armor, used by a sport outlawed in 2024. (laughs) Yeah, guys, I guess we just got a couple years of hockey left. Like, it's gonna be outlawed. That couldn't have been like a real future thought that they had while they were writing that. They were like, that's gonna piss people off. <laughs> they were like, yeah, 20 years in the future, hockey, done. <laughs> hockey canceled. That's so fucking funny, dude. In 2024. 
I wish we were covering this in 2024 just so we could see if hockey was actually... (laughs) What if hockey does get outlawed in 2024? what if something crazy happens and they're just like, no more hockey! You know how Scream 3 predicted who Brad Pitt would leave um, (laughs) Jennifer Aniston for? What if Jason X predicted the end of hockey? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. So they basically decide that they're going to take Jason with them, and as they're taking him out, uh, his body falls and hilariously slices uh, the stoner dude's entire arm off. Cuts it right off. And is his name Stoner? What's his name again? I think his no, name is Stoner. No, there's a different guy who's named Stony. Stony. okay. How is that not this guy? <laughs> I know, right? The actual Stoner guy's name is, like, Azriel. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. It's Azriel. Actually, I kind of like that, too. Yeah. It's a cool name. Okay, whatever. But the way his arm falls off, it's like green screen and et cetera, et cetera with this. Pretty much the way they did this movie is that they shot the entire thing on 35 millimeter and then they turned it all into like digital. And then they used that digital copy of everything to like turn this into a not CGI, CGI clusterfuck. Like it's basically (laughs) like, it's basically like clip art to the extreme. And like, like, I mean, everything in this movie is like green screened. If you watch the making of it and whatnot, you're like, holy shit, dude. Like, Every single thing is just some chonky little like digital effects tossed onto some green screen. Before that was normal. Now you can say yes. that about a lot of movies, but yes. then <laughs> But this was like this was like new shit. Like when they were telling the producers what they were doing, they were like, What the fuck are you doing to our 35 millimeter? <laughs> <laughs> But basically what it allowed them to do is, like, color correct, add monsters, add, like, little goofy guns and, like, just all this weird shit. Dude, I forgot about all of the monsters. I I didn't remember that scene at all. Dude, they have a virtual reality, like, fight inside of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) It's so fucking cool, dude. (laughs) So he slices his arm off and it's, like, even though they use, like, I guess that's why I was saying all that, like, the green screen and blah, blah, blah. They pretty much did, like, a green screen thing and then, like, where they green screen his arm a little bit and then they, like, do, like, a a floating arm thing there that, like, you know, gets, like, partially broken off and they put all the clips together to, like, make his arm fall off. But I'm, like, really? It kind of just looks like you clipped art and, like, photoshopped his arm off and just, like, pulled it off. Like, I don't even think you needed to do all that. (laughs) But I guess at the time, I guess at the time, maybe... (laughs) Yeah. It's just so fucking goofy. And should we also talk about, like, the world building in this? Because apparently, like I said, it was all shot on the 35 millimeters, curved into digital, and that let him, like, edit all of this, like, an LL Cool J music video. <laughs> like, this is the equivalent of an early LL Cool J music video. And if you guys no, don't know what that you're going means, with that. Yeah. yeah, and for anyone that doesn't know what that means, it just means it's absurd. Like, the world is their litter box. <laughs> Oh, fuck. And I also love, like, when they're researching Jason, everyone's like, wow, he's ugly. How does he function with a brain that small? I bet he's hung like a horse. Yeah, just all these random fucking one-liners. And when you say that there were all these rewrites and a lot of the rewrites had to do with jokes, I'm like, it's because you wouldn't stop writing new ones. You only needed one of those. Like, you only needed one of those punchlines. Pick one and move on. And instead bullshit. we get every single one. No, no, bullshit. I love this movie because they, instead of writing a story, they wrote jokes. They said instead of, like, <laughs> making plot points and, like, a story that moves on, let's just write jokes that move Is the- there any dialogue that's not jokes? Um, no, it's either jokes or, like... Transconvunctioner is like about to implode just, with yes, the fucking just sci-fi bullshit <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. That's another thing that pissed me off about Rowan later on. 
She's like trying to fix the whole goddamn spaceship herself with some fucking lightsaber space screwdriver. I'm like, you just woke up. You've been asleep for 450 years. How do you even know how to use a space screwdriver? I'm going to be honest. I, I now just remembered what you were talking about, and I did not even know that was a screwdriver. I didn't know what the fuck she was holding. I thought it was like a She was like using it to poke knife. at something. I don't know. <laughs> she, was, she had a panel open, and she was poking at circuits. You said she had a panel open? She had a panel open. Oh, I was like, what's a panelope? She had a panelope. <laughs> I'm going to throw oh all kinds God. of sci-fi words at you. You ready? <laughs> okay, so they also take Rowan back to their ship with them. I mean, like, we're talking about her like she's not, uh, like, frozen right now. But they eventually unfreeze her with, like, they call them, what are they, nanonites? Uh, space ants. Well, do they call them nanonites? I don't know. They're space ants. <laughs> okay, okay. They are space ants, to be fair. Or they're more like space termites. Yeah, they're space termites. Okay, so, uh... <laughs> oh, hang on. We, I have one little note here. All of, every single guy on the spaceship is weirdly concerned and interested about one of the frozen bodies being female. Like, every single male makes a comment about it. Do they? They're like, oh, there's a female? I wonder what she looks like. And I'm just like, it's just you found a body that's been frozen for 450 years, and everyone's first reaction is, "I want to fuck." I want to fuck her. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, there is definitely a moral issue when you see someone that's been frozen for 400 years, and you're like, "Once that pussy's unfrozen, I'm gonna make it warm." Right. Like that's. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> I was just like, "Why does everyone have to be creepy and say something about it?" Like this is a little much. So you know what? She expresses her disinterest in being frozen for 400 years, and maybe it's because when she wakes up, everyone's like, I'll unfreeze you real good. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. So this one, Mr. fucking Professor Dr. Lowe calls his science buddy, who's like, I don't know, this dude looks like he's dying in a bed and, like, can barely speak, but for some reason he's like the... Yeah, was that supposed to be his dad? Like, who was that? That's Emperor Palpatine. Was that his boss? That's the fucking main vampire from Underworld. I'm so sick of it. It's Victor, man. It's totally Victor. I'm so sick of this shit. He's going to die for the fifth time. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, fucking Lo goes, hey, so I found two frozen people. And this guy's like, look, Lo, quit fucking calling me. I'm sleeping. No one gives a shit about your frozen body. They've been unfrozen millions of times. It's happened over and over again. You haven't discovered anything. And Lo's like, but I want to be rich. He's like, fuck you, you're broke, idiot. I'm sleeping. Don't call me again. And then he's like, wait a second, is one of those bodies, uh, it says Voorhees, is that Jason Voorhees? And he's like, oh, you know, people do actually care about him a lot. People do care about him a lot, and you will be rich. You'll be rich. 14,000 rupees. All of that. He's a clusterfuck, honestly. <laughs> and, then, and then right after he gets that, he has that conversation, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking uh, sell out all my students. You know, they're just students. Fuck them. They don't need any money. I'm gonna take all this money. And then one of his students walks in with the biggest fucking... It's they're using it for a nipple. I don't know if that's made for nipples. I don't know what that <laughs> clamp is for, but the biggest clamp and wine yeah. ball I've ever seen. And she goes, "Hey, can I uh, study your penis?" <laughs> it's gold, honestly. Oh man, it's intense. Yeah, this is this is one of the things that that helps to to wake up to wake up Jason. So this is important <laughs> thing to lay down. It wasn't exactly this one, but it was. The it next wasn't this one. one. I like... think it was the collective energy, though. You know what I mean? 
Which, honestly, I think that's, like, the funniest, like, small detail in the world, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> so, basically, the next scene is her using the fuck out of that clamp on his nipple. Like, she's, I think she was trying to, like, tear it off. Like She was ripping it off, man. She was ripping that thing off. Like, I've gone hard on some nipples, but I'm like, damn, you're going hard on that like, nipple. Like, I'm with not a- sure how they, exactly what they did to film <laughs> Did they put, like, a fake nipple on him, or is he just a kinky motherfucker? I was gonna say, man, I don't know. To be fair, he did put on, like, that, like, like frilly little pink lingerie, right. like, for this scene, so I think he was honestly, get, he was like, you know... He might have actually been into it. Dude, I think he was like, the way he saw it, he was like, oh, wait, you want me to put lingerie on? You want a hot girl to sit on top of me and twist my nipples? Oh, wow, I guess you gotta pay me extra for that. Woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking freak low. We know, what you, we know what you were trying to do. He probably proposed that scene. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was his idea. So, she's fucking clamping his nipple and she's like daddy likes it hard daddy <laughs> likes it hard and then daddy screams you pass iconic how can you not like this movie <laughs> Why, so how do I not have a shirt that says you pass on it <laughs> I want a shirt that has, like, my nipple twisted already. Like, it's black and blue. It's purple. It looks like it's been, like, fucking, like, it's a corkscrew. Like, it's a duck's penis. And then it says, you pass. (laughs) And I want a matching pair of pants with a cum stain on them. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, you know he jizzed his pants, dude. Well, yeah, that's that's why she passed. That's why he. That's why she passed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, okay, nipples aren't over though, because we go over to <laughs> more nipples, <laughs> more nipples. To, but are they nipples? No, these are artificial nipples. They're. I, <laughs> couldn't he just use a magnet? <laughs> I think that's what they were. <laughs> she was a fridge. Those were the magnets. <laughs> Basically, KM wants real nipples. And it's really weird to me that, like, this dude was able to make this, like, fully human, fleshy-looking, like, robot that, like, literally looks exactly, like, she looks like any other human there. But he's like, the nipples? I don't know how to figure that out. We can't, can't get you real nipples. nipples. What are you talking about? You can't figure out. You did You did eyes, but you can't <laughs> do nipples? She's got soft cartilage. She's got a nose and ears and... He can't do the nipples, but it is pretty fucking hilarious just to watch nipples fall off. Like, that's great. And honestly, I don't. I think I might have said this on something before, but, like, if there's a woman out there with no nipples, c- can we just, like, go on a date? I just, I'm, I'm curious. You know, I feel, well, is it fun? You know, like, is, do you, what, I'm trying to, like, science this. Do you need the nipple is what I'm trying to figure out. Is the nipple I think, necessary? I feel like the nipple might be the most important part. It might be, but but I don't know. You know, maybe there's a weird side to things where we we could go without the nipple. All right. You know, it just you know it's it's a new it's a new thing. It's a new thing. It's something I haven't experienced. Okay, but anyway, this it's also like you know Kung Pao. Like I want to find the girl with one boob. You know, like I'm just should have listened to that one boob chick. I'm just very interested in like you know different sides of things <laughs> so this right here is one of the most insane turn of events to ever exist because jason is laying on the science table like he's he's out he's out out and how does he wake up you might ask <laughs> so these two people are in the other room they're they're having sex like but specifically he wakes up to busting a nut because first like <laughs> the initial sexing is happening 
and then he starts to like move his arms a little bit when he hears like some moaning like hears like you know some like pleasure noises and like you know feelings but right when this chick busts her nut he sits straight up he's like nope we can't have that maybe that's what it was maybe it had it specifically needed to be a female orgasm Maybe that's maybe that's what Jason is actually against. He's like women are not allowed to nut. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like one of those men that never lets his like girlfriend come. So he's just like, I swear to God, every woman that nuts is my enemy. It's just DJ Khaled. <laughs> DJ Khaled doesn't eat pussy, huh? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Khaled's a weird man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I just love that this movie like turns the Friday series on its head. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it just it it just takes all the things that everyone assumed or talked about and just made them the movie. You know, made them canon. Like, made it all yep. reality. Really. Yep. So of course we can't not mention the kill where Jason freezes Christy Angus's face in liquid nitrogen and then slams it into the desk. One of the most memorable kills. In, in any Friday, in, in, in horror. Horror. yeah, honestly, like Jeez, it's one hundred percent the best kill in the entire Friday Thirteenth series. Yeah, it is quite possibly one of the best kills in horror history. Yeah, I really, I really like at least memorable. Like that's that's one that the I have never forgotten. I mean, this is the one thing where like anyone that I've even seen like people that adamantly hate Jason X and they're like, "This is a half a star movie. It's a piece of shit. It's the worst movie ever." They're like, "But." It does have the best kill of any movie <laughs> but, I've ever seen. But that seen kill ever. was really cool. Yeah, like, and it's it's fucking awesome, dude. Like, it's great. That was even uh, they did that on MythBusters to see if it would work the way it did in the really? movie. Really, that's pretty cool. Newsflash, it didn't. It's a little bit different, but it still looked pretty crazy. Like watching them smash it, it was still like, oh, that, I mean, like it was like okay, it didn't smash the way it did in the movie, but it's like, yeah, you're destroyed. <laughs> you're still done. Like. So, okay, okay. Now Jason grabs a space machete, and he's just like, that's just kind of like home for him, which is also funny, too, because it's like everyone sees Jason as a, with, as a machete wielder, but it's I like, just, he doesn't have a machete that often in the series. He, he doesn't. Actually, uh, He he's probably the most, I mean, maybe outside of, like, Freddy, because Freddy can have almost anything, but, like, he's probably the most creative. He, he uses all kinds of shit. He uses anything he finds. Like, he's yep. like, I, I've i said this, uh, I think I said it before in, like, uh, maybe the Friday the 13th Part 3 episode, or maybe just other times I was talking about Jason, but Jason is, like, consistently one of the most creative killers. For someone, like, even when they mention him in the beginning of this movie, they're like, oh, how is his brain so small, this, that, blah, blah. I'm like, I know his brain is small, but when he does these kills and, like, other shit, I'm like, these are some big brain moves. Like, he, yeah. he's a killer that will literally hide under a bed for like 30 minutes let you fully fuck nut <laughs> and then he'll stab you through the bed just because he wants to time it like perfectly <laughs> i don't know man jason's pretty smart to me i also like that uh i literally have a note that said he picks up a space machete off the operating table because it is a space machete that's what it is yeah it has all these fancy like futuristic just like holes in it and stuff so it just lo it looks like a che like a cheese knife you know <laughs> right it's a cheese machete. <laughs> oh, fuck. So he starts wandering around the ship, and that's when Professor Lowe brings a plate of sliced mangoes, lychee fruit, insanely thin carrots on a bed of lettuce. I'm like, who is she? A f is she a fucking rabbit? <laughs> like, I have ne I, like, you could serve someone carrots, but when it's on a bed of lettuce, I'm like, you're an asshole. <laughs> and then there's like a block of like shitty looking green jello and actual dog food. I'm like, what are you feeding this chick? It's 400 years in the future. And you're you're feeding her fucking dog shit, dude. Is that really what they have on the spaceship? Like, it's good just God, so, where are you even getting carrots and fruits in space? <laughs> what are you talking about? 
it was a regular earth lychee and like fucking carrots and shit. Like those yeah. aren't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you need a lot of resources for that. Is all I'm saying. But okay. So she gets up, she gets given some clothes, and then she starts yelling at everyone for keeping Jason and not throwing him through a vacuum chute or something. She's like, you should throw him in the trash when he's done. And then <laughs> around the, this is around the time Todd Farmer starts fighting a VR dragon. Todd Farmer being the writer of the movie, makes a really cool appearance oh, in VR. Oh, really? Oh, you know, right? So he's the bald guy fighting in VR, the, the like big old Godzilla dragon looking things or whatever with uh, the stoner dude. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Azrael. Uh, Azrael, yeah, he's a dude in the VR with Azrael. That's funny. Yeah, that's uh, I forget the character's name, but yeah. Yeah, so that's Todd Farmer, and he, Jason walks up behind a dragon dude while they're shooting, because they're pretty much just, like, playing, like, with lasers and stuff. It's, like, one of those, like, uh, it's like a game you would play at, like, Dave and Buster's or something like that, you know? Where you're, Dallas. like, shooting the his lasers. Dallas. There you go. Of course his name's Dallas. He looks like a Dallas, especially <laughs> in this. Um, isn't da Was Dallas the name of the fucking dude that's hunting Jason and Jason goes to hell? I don't know. I don't know if it was. I know it was some stupid like cowboy shit or something like that. Dallas is such a. If you're named Dallas, just 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 change your name. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, they're like shooting all these fucking monsters and shit, and then Jason just walks up behind a dragon dude, and then they're like, "What the fuck is this guy? I thought it was just monsters." And then like he slices the stoner dude like in half, and he's like, "Oh, what the fuck? I'm all sliced, bro!" And then he chops Todd Farmer's head off, and like his head is like sitting on the side and talking. He's like, "Well." This just isn't fun at all. He's like, game over, <laughs> game over. And then the VR game ends, and Jason is still there. And, okay, that's all well and fine, but I want to know is how did he get in the VR version to begin with? How did, why didn't he just walk up to them and then slash them while they have VR helmets on? It's like he stumbled into the holodeck, but the holodeck does not work the way it does in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it doesn't. Like, you could clearly tell that they have VR headsets on, and Jason's just right. standing there, like, the same in the VR thing and outside of it. It's like, he doesn't have a headset on. Yeah, I, it's 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 not really... I don't, I, you can't even sci-fi your way out of that one. It just doesn't make sense. There's zero way to explain <laughs> it. Like, there's zero possible way to explain it. Sim similar to how they utilize VR later on. There's, uh, KM is just able to do it somehow. Like, she just, like... <laughs> is vr now she can just like project it or something but i don't know i don't know the rules are definitely uh they're a little all over the place but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get introduced to peter mensa he's charging um i think it's brodsky but let's be honest i'm calling him brodsky brodsky i just called him sarge this is fucking brodsky my man <laughs> <laughs> and Professor Lowe asks him to take Jason alive so that he can sell him. And he's like, I'll give you a piece of the pie, man. And Brodsky's like, yeah, yeah, I accept 5000 Okay, sounds good. But then when he walks away. He's like, no, nah, blow him the fuck up. He's like, I'm not listening to this asshole. Yeah, just, I just heard all of this shit about how it's an unstoppable killing machine like no just fucking kill it like <laughs> yeah like everyone is saying like yeah this guy will kill everyone he's non-stop he's gonna murder all of you he's never died before like he's never gonna die blah 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 he's gonna murder all of you and he's like but fourteen thousand dollars <laughs> which i'm like really is that even that much doesn't even that? sound like a lot man <laughs> like i don't know maybe the space money's different but i'm like that does not sound like that much at all <laughs> Anyway, the military dudes are hunting for Jason, and Jason low-key turns into, like, a stealth mission in a video game and silently grabs right. a guy by his neck and, like, drags him back, which I really love because in the script, um, I, I really do love Kane Hodder because, like, I mean, even, like, say what you will about the guy. I know, like, some people are like, oh, he's not Jason all the time, he's not this, or blah, 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 but I'm like, I do like him because he is, like, the Jason that has seemed to care the most about the character, like... For sure. Forever. Like, he loves yeah. the fuck out of being Jason. Like, he's always that guy where when people, like, writers or directors are writing something, he puts in, he's like, Jason wouldn't do that. 
right. I'm not doing that. And then they have to like redo. He's like, I'll tell you what Jason will do and then I'll do it. And in this <laughs> scene, they were like, just break his neck. And he was like, but wouldn't it be cooler if I grabbed him and then like pulled him backward and slowly broke his neck? And I'm like, it was a lot cooler. It's cooler. And he also throws a guy onto a giant metal screw, which we also witnessed yeah. someone sharpening earlier, which just makes it a little more fun. Well, and then they also make a little, when they find that body, they make a little He's joke about screwed. it. screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great, dude. And this is what we said. They didn't write dialogue. They wrote jokes. No, they wrote jokes. <laughs> So a few more bodies get piled up, some nice slashing gashes, and then Andrew Garfield is crawling around cut in half. <laughs> but also, I don't know if that was Andrew Garfield because I saw another person later. And I'm like, no, that's Andrew Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know which one was more Garfield, but one of them. <laughs> yeah, I really kind of started losing track of these soldiers. They're all kind of just like like random nondescript white guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, you all. Okay, we'll move, we're moving on. <laughs> And there's also some fun additions, like a chick swinging on some giant, like, axe contraption. I don't even know what the How fuck it was. How did she get swinging. on that? I don't know. I assume Jason put her on it. On, <laughs> right? like, some leather face, like, hook kind of shit. Right. That's, that, but, like, I just, you'd think that they would have shown it. They just didn't. She's just on it. It's like, oh, when did that reveal. happen? I liked it. <laughs> so, unfortunately for Sergeant Brodsky, he gets stabbed in the ribs in the back by Jason. Like, in the back of the ribs, I guess. Like, through his back, through his ribs. And then he goes, it's going to take more than just a stab in the ribs to put, put this old dog, dog down. down. And then he stabs him in the other rib, and he goes, Yeah, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and at this point in the movie, Grendel, which I guess we haven't mentioned, but it's a spaceship that they're on, um, they're attempting to make it back to their home base. But <laughs> this is the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Like, these guys are such fucking morons. <laughs> they killed every one of their friends and didn't even notice until after the fact. <laughs> they not even just their friend they killed everyone they know like they basically blew up alderon but they didn't realize they blew up yes. Alderaan. <laughs> yes yes and also like i don't get the logic in it because or like the physicality behind it because they're on this tiny ship in comparison to this whole space station that's like 500 times like it's like a fucking like star destroyer versus like the death star you know it's like right the size is fucking ridiculous. Like, it's they're not the same at all. And Grendel, like, is getting close to, like, docking in the space station. And then they're like, hey, uh, abort docking. You're coming in a little too fast. And everyone's like, what? Say that again in my good ear? And then they smash right into it. Well, that's because Jason killed the pilot. I know it's because Jason killed the pilot, but I'm like, you guys can't hear that message anywhere else. Like, I don't know. It just seems like a flaw in, like, them building the ship. Yes, I think that's the bigger flaw is that this ship is a pretty decent-sized ship because there's a lot of people on it and looks like there's sleeping quarters and stuff. So, like, we're not talking that it's, like, so small that it's, like, the ship in Firefly. Like, it's bigger than that. No, it's just small in comparison to the giant station that they're trying right, to dock in. Right, exactly. So, like, it's a decent-sized ship, and it's flown by just one dude. And there's no safety protocol if he were to fall asleep at the wheel or something. Like it makes no sense. Like you're this far in the field. They just like they overlook. There's a no co-pilot. Even airplanes have co-pilots. Like it just makes no fucking sense, dude. Like the like it makes no sense that there's not another pilot. It makes no sense that they can't like have some backup thing to fix that if something happens to the pilot. Right. In fucking space. Like you're basically in Star Wars. Like you know shit could happen. You're in and Alien wherever or it like is that. that everyone is holed up is, like, really far away from the cockpit, apparently, 
because no one ran up there to check on the pilot whenever they clearly were going to crash. <laughs> Which also, to be fair, if you're flying forever and there's a murderer in there and you only have one pilot, shouldn't you check on him or even just like radio him every once in a while and be like, hey, you doing good over there? By the way, there is a killer over here that's trying to kill all of us. They never even told him. They don't even let him know. He just dies. <laughs> he just gets killed. It's just like, yep, we're just another day, just flying in. We'll be home in a minute, guys. <laughs> so because of all of these faults, Grendel crashes into the space station, blows up the entire space station, but somehow manages to, like, go backwards away from the explosion and come out unscathed. Like, they say, like, oh, yeah, this part's kind of broken, blah, blah, but I'm like, you're flying, you're not doing anything to fix anything, you're not, like, worrying about these issues, so your ship, for all intents and purposes, is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. I don't get that. How how does a, something that small crash into a giant space station just blow the whole Destroy thing up and you're fine? It, and it doesn't do any damage to itself. And apparently, like, I think it was Todd Farmer who said it. He was like, yeah, 20,000 people died on that. (laughs) What? Yeah, it's the Jason movie with the most kills because 20,000 people died. (laughs) Fuck. So, (laughs) they're all dead. And then they kind of just look back at it. They're like, well, let's talk back over to the station. They're like, oh, whoops. I think it's blown up. So they all just move on. They're like, well, because we've got to figure this out on my own now. I guess we just destroyed our whole population. Big whoop. We got to survive now. Yeah. So they all just run off with each other while Jason tries to break his way inside. And Professor Lowe stays back and attempt to reason with Jason. And he's like having this conversation. Where he's like, I have fame for you. Money. Fortune. Don't worry, man. I got you. And Jason just like stand there tilting his head at him. And then he grabs a machete. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, dude. You just want your machete? Go ahead. Go ahead. Take it, man. Remember who saved it for you, though? <laughs> Me, buddy. I did that. And then he yells at the other guys. He's like, hey, guys, it's okay. It's fine. He just want his machete. And then you hear, ah! <laughs> As he gets stabbed with said machete. And at one point, homegirl said something like, I don't remember what it was in reference to, but she's like, it's like riding a bike. And then someone else goes, what's, what's a, a bike? bike? <laughs> like, they do- how are you so advanced, but you're like, you don't even know what a hockey mask or a bike is. Like, I get it. It's Earth One shit. It's old shit. But like, right. come on. You're all fucking intelligent and knowing, but you don't, you can't just research <laughs> history. Yeah. And this is, this is when Rowan steps up and just starts calling shots. I mean, she's a leader now, dude. Fucking uh, she, Broder, Brody is fucking dead. She's like, can you guys beam us off the ship? And they're like, we don't know what that means. <laughs> Which would have been like, I'm glad they didn't make a Star Trek joke because they did earlier. So I feel like it was just going into it. But right, I was right, like, right. that's good. Like, I, I was like, I, I still know you're making the Star Trek joke. It's good. <laughs> I like it. And then she grabs a space gun and everyone goes, do you know how to use that thing? And she's like, oh, that's what that's she what said. She it's says. like riding it's a like bike. It's like riding a bike. And it's like. But you've never ridden you've a never, space you've bike? You've never ridden the space bike before, not <laughs> once. It's not the same kind of bike. It looks vastly different. And then we go into the, like, the pilot room, and we see the pilots of the ship, or maybe pilot. I don't really know. I think it was just a pilot. I think but, it was like, just the one dude, yeah. It, it almost looks like two because he's mutilated and pieces are everywhere. Right. I loved. I very much loved that. <laughs> I don't know. It was cool. I like just seeing. Like, it kind of gives me like a Hellraiser vibe where there's just pieces everywhere. Always good. It's also always good that actually I wrote that down there. So good. You, you, you felt that. It's also always good when Jason can still find the time to be goofy. He casually walks up behind the new pilot dude with the, with Professor Lowe's head, like at the tip of his machete. And he kind of just like, oh yeah, just kind of shows it to him. He's just like, hey, look at this. <laughs> look what I got. 
And then he just grabs the dude's forehead and like jams into some electrical units. Basically tases him with... Yeah, I literally wrote down, Jason kills Crutch by just pushing his face into something electrical. Yeah, I don't know what it was, and I don't think anything electrical works like that that I've ever experienced. But like, I mean, it was it was cool. Maybe if you you know you're breaking it enough, but I don't fucking know. I don't know. He just he just pushes his face onto something with electricity, and he fries his face off. <laughs> it just looked like he pressed his face on like a motherboard and it just like blew up on him. Yeah, pretty much. And there's also another conflict aside from Jason because one of the asshole chicks decides that she's going to leave through the escape pod, but she's a fucking idiot and she's like still attached to the ship and she blows herself up by hitting Grendel. How is Grendel still functioning? It's gone through two giant explosions and yeah. it's just fine. Yeah, it's rough. I don't understand how Grendel has like some force field that I don't know about. But Oh, hang on. Sorry, I, I forgot. Know. This is also when Rowan takes her sweater off for no reason. What does that mean for me? She's she's wearing a sweater this whole movie, and then all of a sudden it's like, now it's time to get serious. And she takes this sweater off, and she has this, like, skimpy, like, red thing on. And I think it was just to make her character, like, more attractive. And, like, look at this badass woman with this crop top. <laughs> you want to be honest, she looked hot as fuck. <laughs> so, like, maybe they made the right decision. <laughs> I was just like, why was she wearing the sweater the whole time if she didn't need the sweater? Like, what was the point of having the sweater? Kate just so she can take it off. Because this is when she turn. This is when robot turns. This into is Kate when Beckinsale. yeah. This is when KM turns into Kate Beckinsale, which is in my notes, one hundred percent. Because Jason walks in the room, he corners all of the remaining dudes, and then that is all of them aside from not Andrew Garfield, who upgraded his nippleless robot girlfriend into full on Kate Beckinsale. And he also says, "I gave her an upload." Yeah, that's. What? You gave her clothes and weapons. That's not how that works. That's not yeah. what that means. Yeah, you're it's fucking stupid, dude. <laughs> and then she pretty much, she being KM the robot, she pretty much right. Mila Jakovic's him for like a solid three minutes with every gun possible. Everything. Shoots his leg off, blasts his chest, and then blows his entire head off and throws a machete into his stomach, which... Pretty wild to see Jason's head blow up. I know, I guess I kind of saw it in Jason Goes to Hell right before with the entire body blowing up, but like just right. seeing his head shot off is like, it's different, you know? Honestly, it's pretty intense. And I, I had kind of forgotten about uh, that part of this movie because I forgot that it took us this long to get to Uber Jason. You kind of like, when you remember this movie, it seems like you have Uber Jason a lot longer than you do. But when it comes down to it, yeah. you're like, you got him maybe 20, 30 minutes max, max. Yeah. In my mind, like, he's wearing the Uber Jason mask the whole movie. And it's like, oh, he barely wears that mask. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not a part of it at all. Like, he's just Jason on a ship for the most part. Yep. But guys, like we said, the movie isn't over. Because it's did you forget about over. the Nanonites? Did you forget about the, um, about the, uh, what did I call them? Space um, ants? Space termites? Uh, termites, termites, yeah, the space termites. <laughs> because Jason's just sitting there dead, head blown off, body blown off. But the Nanonites start going all over him, and they bring him back full force. Yeah, because now Jason gets an upload. <laughs> I'll give him an upload. So on the other side of things, the remaining people, including Sergeant Brodsky, because he came back to life also through Nanonites, are all trying to get into another side of the ship by blowing up the other side. And look, before anyone messaged me about the specifics of them blowing the charges and blah, 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 I don't fucking care. I don't care what the reasoning was. I don't care why they were doing this. If the filmmakers didn't care... I don't have to care, and you shouldn't either. If I get None a single fucking message about this. any sense. And again, I'm still upset because this is all sparked by an idea from Rowan. 
from Rowan with the charges. You have to put this into Let's perspective. Be fair. Let's be fair, though. Let's be fair, though. These are basically just space landmines. You're right, but also, let's be fair, Rowan is basically Encino Man. Okay, yeah. It's been 450 years, and this thing happens, and she's like, can we just go to that part of the ship? Wait, 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 wait. And they're like, oh, I guess, yeah, we can go to that part of the ship. And just speaking, just like quick sidetrack, speaking of Encino Man, just because that reminded me of Alter States, I want to say real quick, rest in peace to William Hurt. He R. just died. William Hurt. A couple days ago. Yeah. Really, really sad. That kind of took me by surprise. I'm, I'm glad that we got to like have a really good discussion about him like right before he passed. Yeah, But I'm too. like, damn, that's really rough, dude. Yep. I think he was 71. Sounds about right. Yeah, so rest in peace, William Hurt. Just quick little side note on that. Um, but anyway, Jason is back. The bigger, more robotic future Jason, if you don't already know, is known as Uber Jason. And <laughs> KM, the nippleless robot, tries to kill him, but she gets her head punched off in the process. Just, just one punch. Yeah, like did not work out as well for her this time. Because before, like you know, Jason like killed her, and she was like, oh, and, uh, and she like faked it, and then she came back. She was like, gotcha. This time, no, right. her head's off. She's yeah, incapacitated no, for a while. So they all think it's over because backup um, comes to, like, emergency evacuate them. But that's also right when Uber Jason punches a hole through the space station. And this leads to a kill that makes the least amount of sense from any kill I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and somehow, though, it might be my second favorite it kill might, in the it's movie. It's my second favorite kill in the movie, 100%. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like, the least amount of sense ever. Makes absolutely no sense. How do bones get liquefied? <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to try to explain this the best I can. When he punches a hole in this, it creates a vacuum, because obviously they're in space, so it creates, like, a vacuum, like, from the outside of, like, space, like, into the inside of the ship, and a girl's getting suctioned. She's, like, holding on to, like, some, like, guardrails, like, some bars or something, and then she gets pulled back, she gets force-sucked and jellified through the bars of a jail cell, basically. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't get how a full body can go through something smaller than the size of a full body and then somehow go fully liquid. None of the bones fell out or anything. You just see, like, slimy juice there. Yep. It's it's just pulverized. It is pulverized. It's so fucking stupid, but it might be my favorite thing of all time. Like, honestly, Jane, that is a kill that I did not remember. It's so good. I didn't remember that one either. That was uh, Janessa. Oh, that's her name? Her name was Janessa. Oh. Okay. I don't like that name. I know I know someone with that name in like real life. This is the thing that also bothered me. Janessa? No, right after that is whenever they say, Oh, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And they're like, We can't fix it and then Sarge is like Brodsky. Brodsky's like, Hey, I can do an EVA and Rowan goes, EVA? What's an EVA? And I'm like, Okay. So you know how to arm space bombs without blowing yourself up. You know how to use the space gun. You know how spaceships work to say, hey, can we go over there and blow up the other half of the spaceship? But you've never heard of extravehicular activity. Don't be ridiculous. She knows She knows things that she can easily put together, and this is an acronym. <laughs> this is Look, not everyone knows acronyms, James. <laughs> Pissed me off so much. I was fine with it, because on my side, I was like, Either What's you know EVA? about either either <laughs> she knows about space or she doesn't know about space. Just fucking pick one. She knows about the physicalities of space, not the acronyms. Okay? NASA's been using the term EVA probably since like the fucking 60s. You can EV on my A. 
All right, you piece of shit. Leave her alone. I'll EV your A right out of this fucking podcast room. So anyway, he goes to EVA. (laughs) I guess I'm saying EVA. He goes to EVA. And then this is when Andrew Garfield goes, so you're an expert on this guy, right? This Jason guy? We need a distraction. And again, I never got the impression that she's an expert. Never got the impression she was an expert. Um, Also, this was the distraction they chose very specifically. This is perfect this is my favorite part of the movie i do love this part of the movie it's just it again how is it happening um this makes more sense to me than jason being in the vr thing before because this is like what you were talking like the hollow room in like star trek or whatever right, like, right. this the is holodeck. basically a version of that yeah whatever i don't watch star trek like that i just kind of repeated what i thought you said um yeah you're fucking idiot you sound like the biggest <laughs> nerd right now you're a fucking <laughs> idiot for not knowing star trek terms you're you fucking a fucking nerd. idiot Anyway, don't come in here being like, I love space movies. I've seen every space movie. No, no, no. That's not what I said. I said, I love when a killer that I know and love goes to space. I didn't say I fucking love space. I don't give a fuck about space that much. I care about. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have you on recording saying I love space movies. And that's what you say. No, you're honestly right. I do love space movies in general. (laughs) I love anything space. I'm lying right now. Just for the just for the sake of this. I love everything space. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Okay, so we're at the best part of the movie. Like, this is like, anytime someone tells me they don't like Jason X, I reference this scene. This is the best scene. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This is like, this embodies every Friday the 13th. It's golden. It it, it just, it defines Jason as a character. Yeah. For sure. So, <laughs> he gets he gets tossed into this virtual simulation in order to distract him and keep him unaware of the fact that he's in a simulation. Andrew Garfield conjures up a couple of hot chicks who say... <laughs> To Jason, they say, hey, do you want a beer or do you want to smoke some pot? Or maybe we can have premarital sex. <laughs> and then they take off their tops and they say, we love premarital sex. <laughs> and they hop in their sleeping bags. <laughs> 10 out of fucking 10. That is my favorite scene in movie history. 10 out of 10, but then it becomes 11 out of 10 when we flash back to this later. What do you think happens next? Does he A have premarital sex and get cross-faded with these two beautiful women? Or B, does he grab one of them by the sleeping bag and use their body to smash the other one and finish them off with tree slamming? Well, well, sir, I believe it's B. Ding, 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 ding! <laughs> it's freaking also- gold, man. It's freaking gold. I do want to mention, too, I FaceTimed James yesterday, and I was like, hey, I need a little more time for this Jason X episode because I'm in a fucking rabbit hole right now, and I'm watching, like, some extras thing, and then, like, I was like, oh, here's another fucking dude just babbling on about some bullshit, and I didn't really look at the guy, and then he's like, is that Joe Bob Briggs on your screen? I look up, I'm like, oh, shit, that's a young-ass Joe Bob Briggs, <laughs> and he's just talking about, like, all the fun things that Jason does. He's like, yeah, he larn tools and sexual and this, that, blah, blah, right. and he's just doing, like, his drive-in, but, like, he's basically doing, like, a drive-in, like, tally, but, like, just in, like, the doc, <laughs> like, in the extra documentary kind of thing in, right. like, the Jason X movie. It was just fucking awesome. Awesome. Okay, but I love I love this scene. Shout-out Joe Bob. Yeah, shout-out Joe Bob. But also, like, I love this scene so much. Literally, any time I've ever had a conversation, they tell me they someone tells me they don't like Jason X, I'm like... The sleeping back scene. He is in a simulation, and his instinct is still to grab these chicks with their titties out and slam (laughs) their sleeping bags on a tree. That's fucking awesome. And this came, what was this? What was this again, 2001? Yeah, 2001. I mean, depending on what you want to call it. Right, so I was 11, and let's say by the time it was at the video store, it was 2002, so I'm 12, and I'm renting this movie 
over and over and over again. For the boobs? And we're rewinding this scene over and over and over again. You know, like this was one of those movies. Because I remember before this, like, when I first found out that the first sleeping bag kill, I think it was in part two or part three. I can't remember exactly which. I think it was part two, if I remember right. I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, It's been a while. But the original sleeping bag scene, like, they wanted to slam the chick on the tree, like, a bunch of times. But the MPAA yeah. made them cut it. And it was just one slam. And I was like, this kind of gives you what you were never able to get in that old Right, one. right. So, and it's just the whole aspect that's like, Jason isn't even in the real world right now, but his instinct is just <laughs> kill these hot chicks. Like, it's fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, so around this time, Brodsky finishes the mission and allows Andrew Garfield and KM's head and Rowan to escape. And Brodsky was left back to fight him, Jason that is, and Grendel explodes. And then back on the escape pod, Andrew Garfield says, oh shit, he's coming for us. And you see Jason just like floating through space, just coming straight for them. It's fucking hilarious. Like, he's basically just has his arms out. He's like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, oh fuck. But right as Jason's about to break in the window, Brodsky just comes up from the side wwf slams him and then they both turn into a shooting star which leads them plummeting <laughs> like the the jason brodsky combo shooting star combo it leads them plummeting straight into none other than crystal lake crystal lake on <laughs> earth fin- two <laughs> and the final thing we oh that is earth two huh yeah. right and the final thing we see is jason's mask sinking to the bottom of crystal lake the jason like the uber jason mask and it goes we we did see uh you know the classic teenagers up there at lovers lake yes lovers lane or whatever and they're like oh we should go check it out it landed in the lake it's an awesome ending too it's a great ending it really like that's is. a really cool ending dude <laughs> really is it, i i think the only other thing that we failed to mention was not andrew garfield carrying around km's head that entire time for so long he's just walking around with her head and she's not saying anything even though she's a robot and the fact that like it wasn't saying anything and then started at one point i'm like that makes no sense to a robot she's like i'm fine i just need uh i'll get back on my feet once you make me some feet <laughs> i'm sure that's the first thing he's gonna work on is her feet that's so fucking funny <laughs> not the nipples the first thing he's gonna go to this time is the nipples <laughs> she's gonna be a head riding on a set of nipples <laughs> oh fuck okay so i'm gonna be honest for this kill count I I knew that this explosion was happening going into this. I knew right. how many kills were into this. I stole this straight from Dead Meat. So shout out James A. Janice. Shout yeah. out Dead Meat. Shout out Chelsea. Shout out all of them. Um, I was not even gonna fucking attempt this one. Yeah, this is a tough one. There's no fucking way I was even gonna attempt this. And look, like you guys can like argue this or whatever. Um, you know, you could say like maybe this wasn't the amount of kills. Maybe it was. Blah blah blah. But I do like 99% of the time agree with what James Agent Nice dead meat has to say about this. So James uh, explanation for all of this is basically I'm not counting the 20,000 that Todd Farmer or whoever said <laughs> I'm ca- he pretty much was like I'm going to count all of the reasonable deaths that like I can count like according to the movie. Right. He ended up on 88. So I'm going to go ahead and say like James you put some fucking work in for this That's episode. That's a big number, man. Counting 88 kills on a movie is not fucking easy. No. Like, you, there's so much rewinding and, like, back and forth and, like, double taking and make sh- making sure you didn't get anything wrong to get into that. Yep. James, good fucking job, dude. Yep. Shout out, James. You're a stronger... Yeah, not this James. Um, you're, <laughs> you're a stronger man than me, dude, because there's no... Literally, if you didn't do a kill count on this movie, I would have been like... 
fuck you. This is like zombie rules. A I'm bunch not of people died. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people died and fuck you. Um, we had three pairs of boobs in this. I'm counting KMs, fake nipples, just because. I mean, All right. know, I liked them. I liked you know, them. I, I have one complaint. I have one complaint about the entire film. Okay. Other than Rowan. And that is that I wish that the camera would have started just a little bit lower on a KM's nipple scene. Because I feel like it, we just, we missed it pretty quick, you know? It's like, if you weren't looking, if you weren't looking, you you might not have seen them. You're right. If you do, like, kind of glance away for a second, you don't notice it. But if you notice it, you notice it. It's there. <laughs> okay, so guys, this is kind of like, I've had so much fun talking about Jason X, but this is when we're getting into a lot now. We're getting into... Now's the real stuff, right? The status of the Friday the 13th series. So for anyone that doesn't know, there's been a lot of legal troubles going on with the Friday the 13th series. It stems back to 2006, but no one really knew about it until 2000. I mean, not 2006, I'm sorry, 2016. But no one really knew about it until 2018, really. I mean, there have been legal issues before, and we kind of knew some stuff, and like we right. knew something was happening a little bit. And like, you know, that's why the the um, the sequel to the reboot, to the 2009 reboot, never came out. And you can actually find parts of that script online. I sent that to James, too. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of legal issues. Which was going to be in the snow, by the way. Which was going to be in the snow. I'm so <laughs> sad, dude. Oh, fuck. But pretty much right now, we're going to talk about Victor Miller and where the Friday the 13th series stands of now. There's going to be a lot of exposition of this. We're going to have to tell you, like, kind of the story and the timeline and what I've, like... I, basically, guys, we were supposed to record this episode yesterday. And while James was watching this movie, I was in a 10-hour rabbit hole just looking into the legal issues i was looking up like actual court documents like interviews with fucking larry zerner <laughs> who's shelly from friday the 13th part three yeah. who has like it's so amazing that we have someone who's actually a friday the 13th alumni who is a copyright who is also trademark a lawyer right lawyer who just has all the information on this specific thing like it's fucking yeah. crazy i saw that one you sent me a video and like one of the things he says and it's 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 i don't know maybe it's a little boastful but like i like i like the way he said it because it's just like confidence he was like, yeah, and so, you know, I'm a copyright lawyer, and I'm probably the only copyright lawyer who gives a shit about Friday the 13th. <laughs> he's the one specifically who knows the most about it. Right. And then he's like, and then it also happens that I was in the best Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> like, and honestly, he's not wrong either. Oh, man. And he's one so of the good. only people, the only, like, original actors, one of the only two voice actors, like, that's been in a Friday the 13th movie who made it to the game. Yeah, only two of them get to do their own their own voice roles. Roles. And he got his own character too. Yep. Shelly is like my favorite character to play in the Friday the 13th game too. He's also <laughs> Shelly is admittedly my favorite um side character of Friday the 13th of all time. Really? Yes, 100%. Dude, dude, I love him. I love Shelly. I love everything about him. Like he's so goofy. He's just like he kind of reminds me of me, you know, like he just says wrong things at the wrong time and people are like, "Hey, fuck you, Shelly." And then he's like, "Oh, but I thought it was cool." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I like I relate to Shelly. Also, wait, quick side note. When I'm watching one of these documentaries or like one of the behind the scenes thing, they're talking about like Jason fans and stuff and they're at like a convention and they're talking to this one guy. It's just one like side thing. They're like, "Yeah, Jason fans are really interesting." And this guy's like, "Yeah, you know, Jason was this little guy who like got bullied and he got drowned in the water in the camp." And then it cuts again. He's like, I, I got bullied, too. I can really relate to that. I and I'm like, really you got relate. drowned in a lake? What are you talking about? I mean, shouldn't somebody be, like, watching this guy? <laughs> I can really relate to Jason Voorhees. I'm probably going to kill everyone. 
look, I'm really sorry. I know, like, I'm in the horror community and I'm supposed to, like, like it and whatnot. But, like, when I'm watching that thing and they're like, these are all the Jason fans. I'm like, a lot of you guys just look like assholes. <laughs> like, you guys look like the people that are sending death threats to Victor Miller, which we're going to talk about in two seconds. Yep. Like, you guys scare the shit out of me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you guys are fucking terrifying. Like, just like stuff and move right. on. Like, right. just like stuff and let it be that. Don't, like, try to kill people <laughs> over it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, all right. Anyway. So there's been an ongoing legal battle for years now. It's involved the Friday the 13th series as a whole, the Friday the 13th game, and a feud between Sean Cunningham, the OG director, and Victor Miller, the OG writer of the 1980 Friday the 13th. There's also a shit ton of controversy between who's in the right and who's in the wrong, with a good portion of the community um, on Horror Inc. and Sean Cunningham's side. Horror Inc. is basically just Sean Cunningham's company, so anytime I refer to Sean Cunningham or or Horror Inc., just know. Basically, I'm referring to Sean Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically like some are on their side to their love of Jason and want for the series to continue and et cetera, et cetera. But it's really like it boils down to a lot more than just a one sided thing. Like there's there's a lot that goes into this. So on the other side of Victor Miller's, who was paid a little over 9K for the original Friday the 13th. And if you don't know, the profit was upwards of 40 million from the 60 million dollar box office and has pretty much been left out of any Victor Miller, that is. He's pretty much been left out of any financial gain the series has made right. since, due to copyright technical. No no residuals from, you know, all the sequels and franchises and merchandising and, and you know, he, he has none of that. And this is all just due to a copyright technical issue, pretty much. Like, it's, it's a law that we're going to talk about a little bit, but basically he sold his rights to it early on, but it's kind of a thing where it's like... It does suck, you know, you sell, like, something early on, and then it becomes, like, the most profitable thing, like, basically ever in horror history. It's like, right. okay. Yeah, so there's a lot to this. So, Sean Cunningham and Horror Inc. could have settled for an appropriate amount of money. Like, that would have been decided between them. We don't know, like, what the back talks are and et cetera, et cetera. Right. But instead, when Victor Miller put out this thing where he was like, hey, I want to take back, take back my copyright in 2016... Um, he had to give a two years notice. So like by 2018, like they would have to go to court, et cetera, et cetera. Or like he would either Sean Cunningham would have to give him an amount of money or appeal it and go to court, et cetera, et cetera. And when that time came in 2018, Sean Cunningham decided to appeal the notice and to go to court. And ever since then has been a lengthy, lengthy legal battle with a lot of intricate details, finding out a lot of sides from a lot of people. Even me just watching like the shout factory, uh, special set that I have and listening to some of the things that Sean Cunningham said, is something else yeah. like it's it all paints a very interesting picture well and i mean i guess to to just help out with the timeline a little bit to know that like victor miller hasn't just been like sitting on this and just like not doing anything you know like there was a very specific timeline the way the the copyright law reads is it had to be 35 years so like i i, I think it's safe to say that he wasn't just like in 2016 randomly one day like oh shit yeah friday the 13th i should probably get paid for that i have a feeling this has been something on his mind for a very long time (laughs) yes so timeline wise the people the reason why people started sending him death threats and getting pissed at him and blah 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 and we're gonna get into more of the specifics of that specifics of that in a second is because a lot of people just assumed out of nowhere victor miller was like hey fuck you guys you can't make this friday game you can't make these movies it's that blah 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 i want my shit like this and that but really there was a law instated, um, like it started, it was like in talks in 1976, it became stated in 1978 that after 35 years, if you have sold a copyright, pretty much a copyright comes back to you. And that's just like, that's just basic copyright law, you know? Right. I mean, like Disney's been doing shit like that for years. Right. Well, and Disney 
pays legislators to Disney pays people change to like the laws to their keep extending it. <laughs> so this is like an opposite version of right, that. Where right. they're this like, is this is him not being shitty about it. This is him exactly. literally just following the rules, like just following a law that was put in place for situations specifically like this. Like I said, yeah. where he sold something that was very profitable. He made a. It's pretty much like the way I look at it is you make one mistake one time. And then you're out of like this forty million dollar, sixty million dollar movie, and like every yeah. profit of it forever. Like that's bullshit. And if, if you if you look into it, like like I have a little bit with some of the the interviews that we've seen, it was originally instated as a way really to combat what happened in Motown. So it happened all throughout the music industry, but especially on the Motown label where you know that guy was buying people's entire song catalogs when they were like. 18, 19 years old and giving them like $5 and then using those songs to literally make millions. Like to make their whole career off of someone else's property, basically. Exactly. And so what this law exists is that the creative can take control back. So it's it's the same way as like, it's to protect them from the same thing that could have happened with Paramount. Let's say Friday the 13th didn't go anywhere. Let's say the first movie came out, it was a huge flop, no one gave a shit about it, and it wasn't a franchise. Well, Paramount still owns those rights, and so because of this law, after 35 years, the writer could say, hey, I made that thing, can I have it back now? Like, you, you're, no, you're, you're not even using it. And just in this case, someone happens to be using it. <laughs> but the technicalities of how they started using it and how they got into using it again and et cetera, et cetera, is just so bum fucked from the it beginning seems that it's a like, little skeevy right like <laughs> uh, not even a little like i'm gonna i'm not gonna go crazy in yet i mean you've already heard a little bit of how i feel about this yeah. but like i'm gonna go in in a second so eventually slash and cast it's it's like a youtube channel a podcast like a whole like horror kind of uh community kind of thing they spawned a <laughs> what are those i don't know they <laughs> they spawned a hashtag that was hashtag fuck victor miller this was basically a campaign on Twitter by Slash and Cast, which honestly, I might go as far to call it a full-on smear campaign, but I mean, they have since apologized directly to Victor Miller. They have po yeah. apologized publicly, and they have done a lot ever since to kind of like get Victor Miller's story, like Zer Larry Zerner's side of like the whole battle in general, like out there to the public right. so that people know like, hey, you know, because they... Pretty much their explanation was we were really emotionally charged. We assumed that Victor Miller was just popping up out of nowhere and was trying to ruin a franchise for fans. We felt really passionate about this thing, and we got pissed, and, like, we overreacted and blah, blah. And, yeah, I'm going to—on my side, I'm going to give them a hit and, like, a thumbs up. You know, I'm going to give you a thumbs up for sure. apologizing and taking accountability for what you did and trying to, like, write it as best as you can. I do think they've done a great job to write it since, but— there's also that side where you did start the fuck Victor Miller hashtag. This guy did get death threats, did get a bunch of bullshit. You did make it personal when you didn't need to make it personal. Exactly. Like, it didn't have to be that serious, and you did. So I yeah. will say a low-key fuck you for that. But, like, <laughs> I will say, like, a low-key thumbs up also for, like, not trying to just, like, you know, shove it under and, like, act like it never happened. Very few creators would have gone to the lengths that they have to yes. try to make it better. And they've done, like, a whole, like, 25, like, video series on yeah. this whole topic ever since. And they've been saying, like, I'm sorry to Victor Miller. Basically, basically anytime they can. Right. So yeah. I'll give them that. But in late 2021, Victor Miller actually won this legal battle. And he obtained the rights to Friday the 13th in the U.S., but not in other countries. Because this is only a law in the U.S. Right. So it's a very interesting battle. Basically, what happened with this 
or where it stands now is that Victor Miller owns the rights to the original Friday the 13th, like Pamela Voorhees' likeness, Young Jason, like anything that happened in the original movie. And he owns that only in the United States. So basically, he does have the ability to make a new Friday the 13th reboot if he wanted to, but he would need permission from Sean Cunningham to do it in other countries because Jason or because Sean Cunningham has like right. all of the rights to the movies in other countries. So basically like even though he does have the say and the ability to make a movie, there's no way he's going to because no one's going to buy a movie that only distributes to the United States. Right. You need full like world distribution for production companies to be interested in you. Yeah. So that's where it lays on his side and then on Sean Cunningham's side, he now owns the rights to Adult Jason in all territories. But he owns the rights to, uh, like, the original Friday the 13th movie and, like, Pamela Voorhees, blah, 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 in other countries, not in the U.S. Only not in the U.S. Since Adult Jason is based off of, like, the likeness and based off the story of the original Friday the 13th with Pamela Voorhees, he can't do anything without permission from Victor Miller. Pretty much, yeah. The whole series is in a standstill right now, where unless these two— And I'm going to go ahead and call it, unless these two old-ass men come to an agreement— these two grumpy old men. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and say, like, they are both grumpy old men in a sense, but I right. will say, like, at the end of this, I'm going to tell you who I think the grumpier old man is. <laughs> and honestly, even if I look in comparison to, like, how grumpy the other one is, I might even say that one of them's not that grumpy in comparison. Yeah, I agree. It's a weird thing, but... Okay, so, like, in my opinion, I think both sides are a little in the wrong, but I lean way more to one other side of things. Like, the, right. the side of, like... Look, I'm just going to say it right now. Victor Miller... Is in the right. He's in the right. Sean Cunningham's being a dick. He deserves something. He deserves, like, something at the least. So one argument is that Victor Miller hasn't give, like, given, like, the new story arc a full chance because he said multiple times he hasn't watched any of the new Fridays. He said, like, since initially saying that, that he's watched, like, maybe one and a half of them or something. Right. He doesn't like the concept of Jason. He doesn't like this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that is kind of bullshit, I guess, because it's like this is a whole franchise that people love and people will care about and blah, blah, blah. So, like, obviously, other people like it even though you might not. So there's that side, but I'm like, that is so little in comparison to everything else. Like, that's really the only thing I'm hitting Victor Miller for. Right, and that's the thing, is I don't think that he's even, I don't even think Victor Miller is saying, I wouldn't greenlight a new adult Jason something. No, he's not. He said he would. He's just saying he he doesn't want to make it, but he'll he'll get paid for it, and that's fine. Yeah, he's like, if you want to agree to give me like, at least something that I'm owed for this, right. then go ahead, do it. I'll give yep. you permission. He's like, Make all gotta... the games and movies and TV shows and whatever the fuck you want. Just pay Just pay the man. He's basically <laughs> just saying, stop putting out the fuck Victor Miller hashtag and sending me death threats, and maybe I'll let you do shit. <laughs> Which, honestly, I'm going to say that's completely fucking reasonable. That's so reasonable. Yeah, no, yeah. Quit being an asshole, and sure, we'll make something. Sounds great. Exactly. <laughs> so what it comes down to is, he made it, he's within his legal rights as a script owner, even though Sean Cunningham also made it, like, there is that thing where, like, you right. wrote the story, you directed the story, these are different things, they're different entities, obviously it's complicated, but he wrote it, and he's in, with he's fully within his rights to make money, I believe, at least. And I also feel like Horror Inc., yeah, I guess I should specify, more so Sean Cunningham, um, since he was there as, like, the OG director, and, like, he's pretty much been around a lot of the Friday 13ths, like, a little more often than Victor since the initial. Like, he was kind of around for Friday 13th Part 2. He did, like, an uncredited, like, directing scene, from what I know. Mm. But, like, ever since that, he hasn't been really in the Friday 13th series, like, at all, until it comes to Jason Goes to Hell. So it's like, just give Victor Miller his piece of the fucking pie, and none of this would be an issue to begin with. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the little details that might be important for people to know 
is uh, Sean Cunningham's kind of argument is that with him and Victor, it was a work for hire. It was like he paid him to write the script. Whereas Victor's like, no, we were partners because we also did two movies before this that we were partners on. (laughs) And that's another thing too. Like he's adamant. He's openly said like, dude, we worked on two movies before we worked on this one. We assumed it was going to be a nothing thing. So we were just like, oh yeah, it's another movie we're making, blah, blah, blah. And then it makes crazy money. And then like, really, I mean, I was going to say this later. Sean Cunningham is trying to Zuckerberg him. It kind of feels like it. That's all it feels like. This is the horror version of getting sucked. Yep. The fact that a man had to wait 35 years just to get what I truly believe he was owed and to be harassed by fan of the series that like fans, I'm going to say, quote unquote, because if you're that big of a fan, I don't I don't know. It all started with him and to receive death threats from those said fans. That's disgusting. And honestly, if you were involved in this and you're listening to this, you're a piece of shit and you should be ashamed. And if you have like if you've apologized to him, maybe I'll give you a little bit of credit. If you haven't, though, even though like you're a nobody and I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck about you, you should still do it anyway just to be a good person. Yeah, I just I don't even know how (laughs) I couldn't imagine sending death threats to someone over them trying to like even even aside from like what I know now just for them, like not getting a movie made. I I don't even know who has the energy for that. I don't either. (laughs) Fucking Twitter Friday the 13th fans. That's who. So from my understanding through reading up on like the actual legal documents of Horror Inc. versus Miller, um, threads regarding Gun Media, who are the creators of Friday the 13th, the game, because I right. went through like 13 pages of this fucking uh, giant board. This may not seem necessary to the overall like movie thing, uh, the game that is, but there is a lot of information to unpack regarding the game and both like the companies and parent companies, the parent being Horror Inc., responses to the lawsuits what they can and can't release the supposed talks quote-unquote with victor miller right it just seems like there's a lot of shady practices being thrown on like on horror inc side because the whole thing with gun media if you guys don't know friday the 13th the game came out in 2017 in 2018 and started to face like some legal issues with like updates and this and that and blah 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 and it was because victor miller in 2016 put out the thing where he was like hey in two years in 2018 we're gonna have to battle about this copyright shit when you go into all of this, like you go into the Kickstarter, I think it might have started back in like maybe like 2015 or something like that. Honestly, right. it was a while ago. They were making Gun Media was making a game that was like an homage to Friday the 13th, but it wasn't a Friday right. the 13th game. It didn't have the name. It wasn't the title of that. It was like a slash game. Like I remember like being on the Kickstarter. Yep. Like it was just called Slasher, Slasher Season One or something like that. Yeah, it was like a summer camp uh, slasher, like Volume One or right, something yeah. like that. Eventually, they got in contact with like Sean Cunningham at Horror Inc. And he was like, oh, yeah, we got the rights to this. You can have the rights. You're good. A year later, all this shit starts coming out. And it's like, oh, wait, I'm Sean Cunningham. I don't want to pay Victor Miller. Now we're in legal battles. Now I can't approve of you using all this content and whatnot. And there is like, I mean, if you want to look into it and look into other stuff, we're not going to talk about every bit of the thing because there are other sides where like people like, wait, you could uh, upload like some of this stuff because it's already been made and it's prior to the legal issues and this, that, blah, blah, blah. But like it all comes down to the fact that gun media is trying to save face right now because they got involved with Sean Cunningham, who they thought wasn't a sketchy character, turned out to be a sketchy dude who kind of fucked them over, told them they had rights they didn't have. And now they're just trying to save face as a company any way they can by abandoning the game, but not making people feel like they're abandoning the game, which I mean, people already feel like they're abandoning the game. And like, I mean, most smart people that have like, I uh, not even just smart people, just people that like have followed the thing, like from beginning to the end and have like looked into all of it. I think they know the truth. Like, yeah. Gun Media fully abandoned the game. I'm yeah. going to say. It. They abandoned the game. They're saving face. They're trying to act like they're not doing that to, like, you sure. know, keep their fans respect because of the Kickstarter and this and that. Right. But 
what it all comes down to is that like I think Gun Media are in a weird position right now where they have to abandon things and have to be a dick because Sean Cunningham put them in such a shitty position and they thought they could trust him. Yeah, but they can't. and that's and that's the thing. Like I don't necessarily put a ton of blame or any blame necessarily on Gun for getting into the situation because if anyone was paying attention, like Caleb, you said all the you, you said all the right timeline things, but like the the hidden sauce in the timeline that you just set up is that Sean Cunningham definitely knew before he greenlit the greenlit the game that these conversations were going to be happening in 2 years. And we didn't know that immediately and Gun Media didn't know that immediately. Right. We didn't know that until like maybe like a year or two ago that's like, "Oh shit, like you knew this whole fucking time." You dude. knew, guy. You knew the whole time. And not only did he know, he knew fully that he was going to appeal this. He wasn't going to like pay it off. So like it wouldn't be an issue later and like everything can move on and be fine. Cause like I said, if he just fucking paid him. Yep. And like, uh, and you made a good point too. Like, we don't know if Victor Miller is giving him like some ridiculous number. He's like, I want 64 or I want 70, 30 or this, that blah, blah, blah. But like, look, we get into everything. Sean Cunningham. Did we talk about this affair or on air? How Sean Cunningham was handed? We haven't said this part yet. He didn't do anything to get these rights in the first place. Sean Cunningham around like Jason Goes to Hell. I almost feel like we might have mentioned a little bit. I don't know. Either way, when he was trying to get the rights back to Jason to hell, Goes to Hell, like I said, he was involved in like, let me go all the way back, actually. Friday the 13th Part 1 comes out. It's about Pamela and everything. Tom Savini, Victor Miller, Sean Cunningham are all attached. Yep. Two comes out, or two is like in the works being talked about. Mm-hmm. Tom Savini, Sean Cunningham, Victor Miller, they all say, I don't get how Jason's grown up and killing people now it doesn't make sense they all walked yeah so uh, just i mean just off of that right there i think it's bullshit that sean cunningham wants to argue anything when he walked at the same exact time that victor miller did it's like he's circling around and saying like yeah adult jason hockey mask jason that i've been i've been in that all the time it's like bro you you didn't like it you walked away from the product every interview i've watched from him in the past and whatnot he said nah, fuck this, fuck adult Jason, he's an idiot, this, that, blah, blah, blah. He makes Jason goes to hell. He immediately blows him up. The whole movie doesn't even have Jason in it. It's about Jason's soul. Mm -hmm. He obviously doesn't like him, but then uh, in this Shout Factory like DVD I have, I could tell, because so this one came out in 2020. So if I'm doing the timeline of that, I'm like, they're probably recording all this shit in like the past three years. Yeah, like right right in the middle of everything. Right in the middle of him approving gun media to do this shit for the Friday the 13th game. Right in the middle of him doing this, he's trying to make as much money as he can off of the Friday the 13th likeness before he possibly loses it in the legal battle. Yep. That's all what it comes down to. Oh, fuck. So if you go, like, through everything, you go through Larry Zerner, you go through all this shit, I think fuck Sean Cunningham. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. He didn't get the rights back to Jason until he went to Paramount right before Jason goes to hell and he goes, hey, I want to make a Freddy versus Jason movie. And they say, you know what? We don't give a fuck about Friday the 13th. You want to just take it? And there's like some other people who said like, I don't really know how like, and it was in like the Jason X, uh, like um, like extra features that I was watching and whatnot. Yeah, they were like, for sure. I don't, I don't really know how Sean Cunningham ended up getting the rights to this and whatnot. They were like, I think Paramount was just tired of Friday the 13th. Because if you go back to the history of Friday the 13th, Paramount hated it to begin with. They yeah. were like, they, before Friday the 13th came out, they weren't a horror production company. Exactly. They were like making movies. So when Friday the 13th got huge, they were like, oh no, I don't want this. I don't want people to like know us for this. They, I don't want people to know us for this thing. But then it kept getting bigger and bigger and it ended up being like their biggest thing ever, basically. Yeah. So 
finally like years and years later when it's not that profitable anymore and like there aren't jason movies being made they're not making money they were like sean just take this and there was some speculation about that they were like yeah i think they just gave it to him and then i'm watching one of those shout factory extras and he's like yeah i was kind of just talking to them and they were like here you go just take it yep that was it so this dude waltzed into this after like 20 something years almost like about like 15 ish years 15 17 something like that he waltzed into this he gets the rights to everything he has what about 20 ish years more than 20 ish years to make money off of this ip he fully knows it like in 2016 and whatnot and he fully knows like probably before that too that victor miller could have done this at any time right and then it happens and he argues it, he appeals it, he sues against him, he says, no, fuck you. And he's, like, they've all admitted multiple times, we made this together, we did this together, but now you want to fucking zuck this whole thing? It's like, what is Victor Miller doing that you didn't do when you went to Paramount? 100%. The only the only thing he's doing different is that it's actually legal. <laughs> the only difference is that Victor sold his rights in the beginning, and now, 35 years later, he is in his legal right to take back what he what he worked on. Right. And Sean Cunningham, the other person who worked on it, says no. Right. And I guess I guess to help people too understand, like it just depending on what you're thinking, like, that doesn't mean that he comes in and it's like, oh well, Friday the thirteenth has made sixty billion dollars, you get thirty billion dollars. That's not what that means. This is just this is just going forward. This, this is going re- forward. This isn't residuals. He's not just asking for a huge mega payday. He's saying, yes. moving forward, I would like my stuff back, please. Yes. He's saying, you've had, I've had 35 years on this. And by the way, in one of Sean Cunningham's appeals to this, he said specifically, which is so fucked up, he was like, Victor Miller has made over a quarter of a million dollars over the series of this to try to act like it's a big number when this is like a billion dollar franchise. I was going to say, that, that's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Not even a million dollars out of a billion fucking dollar franchise. Like, are you kidding me, dude? quarter of a million dollars don't you both live in california literally dude like this guy got nine thousand dollars off the original script that was worth 60 million and then like eventually ended up getting two hundred fifty thousand over 35 years (laughs) like this dude has been patiently waiting just to get money to give to his kids right and this guy's adam this other this other old fuck is adamantly fighting him and i want to say too like look i used to respect sean cunningham I used to think maybe it was like kind of a cool guy or whatever. But then when I'm like looking at all this, I'm like, you know what? You don't even have to have the right to do all this. What the fuck have you made? It's kind of rough, that you man. think That you think you're such a like powerful, like big, cool director, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, everything you've made is under a six star. Most of them are under like four stars or five stars or something. You've made like a handful of movies that no one gives a shit about. And you've made all this money off of this franchise. Right. And you don't want to give your original partner a little bit of that. Right. A dude that you made two movies with before, right? That's just fucked up, like all around, dude. That's shitty. Like, I mean, that's that's, and I mean, that's just the business, right? And the business is shitty because, like, in my mind, if you're Sean Cunningham and like this thing took off and like you had the rights to it and you know you were making shit and you knew that the guy who wrote the first one didn't make anything, at least like go back and be like, oh hey, here's half a mil or something. Do that in. 2001 whenever jason x is out or something and then maybe he doesn't maybe maybe he's like oh shit like my buddy hooked me up and i i don't need to pursue this in court maybe he maybe he doesn't do it in 2016 because you actually acknowledge that he existed (laughs) yeah because you know for a fact this all comes down to like not all comes down to because i'm sure he's is like i mean victor miller 
is 81 now. Sean Cunningham, Sean Cunningham is 80. Right. So it's like Victor's like he knows he's nearing the end of his life. He knows that he could get some extra money to like pass on to like his family and et cetera. And he's like, right. you know what? We're both old men now. Just give me the money. And the fact that Sean Cunningham is so just like on the opposite no. side, it's like you get nothing. Like, you know that it all has to stem down to like Sean Cunningham has been ignoring his calls for 35 years. Right. And then now he has to answer because of legal issues. <laughs> and he's like, fuck you. And he just thinks he's in the right. And it's so weird, too, because every time Larry Zerner's talked about this and he looked at the case, he's like, there's a 10% chance that Sean Cunningham wins this. He's like, right. I know for a fact, like, legally, Victor Miller is in the right. He's not a work for hire. He did this. He, he He's owed his shit back. Like, he's right. going to win. Like, there's a very slim chance that Sean wins. But Sean tried at every single fucking, like, Every every turn he tried to do something. He even since like not since Victor won the whole thing, but like in the middle of this before Victor, because Victor just won won this whole thing like in yeah. September of last year of 2021. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, I think it was around 2020 2020 ish. Sean filed another lawsuit and gets Warner Brothers for not paying him what he's owed, which is pretty funny when you think about the fact that uh that's what Victor has been fighting for the whole time. <laughs> he's been fighting Victor on not letting him get what he's owed. But then he sues Warner Brothers because he's like, you haven't given me enough money for this thing that I've been making money off yeah. of this whole time. And I get that too. I'm like, you know, if a company is not giving you what you're owed, I get it. But I'm like, it's just pretty fucking ironic. Right. The timing, you know? So It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Not a good it's look, It's not Sean. a good look at all. You're not do if you're trying to get out of this looking like the good guy, you're not doing a great job, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and it's just a really weird thing to me too, because I'm like, when I look at all of this, I don't even get how like this rights thing like went out and whatnot. Because like no one, like I said, Victor, Tom, Sean, none of them cared to go into the second one. The only person who really kept this series going for a long time was Frank Mancuso, because when like he's a producer of like the second, but he's pretty much the person who said, like, hey, no, nah, let's make another Friday and like let's yeah. keep doing this and blah blah blah. And he's a producer on like all. I think it's um, I think from two to Manhattan, if I remember, is Manhattan eight or is there one after that? But like two to yeah, eight, if eight. I remember right, he's the producer on all of those. So like really, when I really think about this, I'm like maybe you should have the rights to the series. <laughs> I don't know, but well, I don't I don't remember all the details, but I think that's pretty much what happened with Halloween, right? Because the guy who produced 2018 is the son of the guy who produced the original one. I think that he just got the, the, the rights from his dad and he was like, Hey, we're going to keep this going. Yeah. And that's a lot more fair. And in a world where like all of these rumors are coming out, but Friday the 13th is just getting sued. It's pretty, it sucks. Pretty interesting. It sucks. You know, I mean, this is the time where Friday the 13th should be coming back. Yep. Hellraiser's back, Texas Chainsaw, fucking Child's Play, uh, Scream, Halloween. With like the, it had some steam with the game. I know the game wasn't like huge, huge as their player base, but it was pretty damn popular. The first couple months when that came, when that game came out, I didn't see anyone on my friends list playing any game except for Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, I mean, it had some steam. You could have went from that into making a new movie, like. It really could have been a big deal. But what it all comes down to is, I think Friday the 13th, in a world of money-hungry like IPs, Friday the 13th is the most money-hungry IP ever to exist. Yeah. You, I mean, if you just think about all the times that someone basically tries to end it, where you have, like, J Jason, final, you know, uh, final chapter, right. this and that, Jason lives, this, that, blah, 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 like, Paramount, like, like I said earlier, Paramount hated this series. They tried to shut it down so many times, but it kept coming back because of money and now years later the whole thing is tied up and not being made 
because of money. I mean, like, you could say, like, obviously, everything is made for money, but Sean actually says himself it's about the money to him. And one of those documentaries in the Shout Factory thing, he literally goes, like, why the fuck would I be making these if it wasn't for money? He basically says, I don't give a fuck about Jason. I don't give What do you mean? Of course I'm making this for money. Which, yeah. like, yeah, obviously, that's why most anyone does something, but it's like, there are also people like, you know, when I think about just Kane Hodder, when I'm like, this dude has a passion for this. Obviously, he does it for money, but I'm like, he fucking loves this character, too. He also does, yeah, he also does it because he loves it. He also does it for the fans. Like, it's not, it's not just about the money. How often does Sean Cunningham go to a fucking convention? It's a great question. And I'm sure the only time he does is because he's getting paid. Right. He's, he's the fucking Zuckerberg of the horror world. Todd Farmer seems to be the only genuine person in this whole situation. <laughs> like, <laughs> he told someone in the past, it's so funny because I'm watching, again, another, like, extra thing, and Todd Farmer's like, in the past, someone told Sean to make a Friday the 13th game because games are eventually going to be bigger than movies, and he said, Sean Cunningham said, what the fuck? No. I'm not doing that. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Years later. Look at you, you fucking oh my idiot. God. Well, that's exactly... I, I I don't even remember which video it was, but they were, like, interviewing Gun Media and Sean Cunningham, and they were like, oh, how'd you guys end up, you know, making it click? Because you guys were working on the game before you had the license, and then he came along, and he's like, well, we were working on building a Friday the 13th website, and then we were like, well, maybe we should do a game. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot you're a hack oh, you're a hack idiot. you were working on a website no one goes on websites you said let's not do a game and then you're like yo i'm working on this website yeah it shows how much you know about fucking the entertainment world how long does it idiot. take you to build a fucking website sean how long does it take for anyone to click off of your website and never look at it again <laughs> fucking moron dude like honestly a fucking idiot like at best sean cunningham is a fucking hack idiot oh. and you know what i don't i don't care if there's horror fans or friday 13 fans or etc who are gonna attack me for this in a world in, in a, a world, world where victor miller got death threats for doing what he was in the legal right to do and just trying to get some money while Sean Cunningham has been a fucking cuck this whole time and he's a fucking he's an idiot looking dude with a stupid voice <laughs> Fuck you, Sean Cunningham. I don't. I liked you before, and now every time I look at your stupid fucking face, you piss me off. Wait, are you saying? Are you starting a hashtag? I'm starting a hashtag. Uh oh. Fuck Sean Cunningham. <laughs> Send. No, I don't do that. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone sends him death threats, I'm denouncing you. No, absolutely not. Don't do that. I'm not on that side of things, but I do think that Sean Cunningham is like. I do think that like Victor Miller, like it really sucks that this dude got like shit on so extensively when it's right. like really people just didn't know the real side of the story and like after going through all these boards all of these interviews all this information all the legal documents going through actual timed interviews from him in the past and shit that he says now and blah 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 i'm like it, your true colors are coming out dude yeah it doesn't look good it does not look good for you at all but i mean that's the end of our legality talk with friday the 13th that's basically <laughs> where the series is right now i guess we've i feel like we pretty much hit everything like this, that's the legal battle that's been going on. There's a lot more updates. You can watch the Slice and Dice videos. That's what it was like, Slice and Dice. Slice and Cast. Slash and Cast. Slice and Slash and Cast. Fuck. Something like that. Slash and Cast. You can look up something like that. And like just look up like Larry Zerner, um, Friday the 13th, like lawyer interview, something like that. And you'll find, you'll find all the playlists. And you can get the full timeline for this whole thing. It's very, very informative. A lot of information. If you really want like everything. You're going to have to do a lot of deep dives to like, yeah. get the full picture. But, I mean, I do think we laid a lot of this out. Yeah, for sure. 
So yeah, that was fucking Jason X. That was the Friday 13th legality issue. That was the 150th episode. This was like my favorite episode to record in a long time. I had a lot of fun researching this, recording it, watching the movies. It makes me want to go back and do all of the Friday the 13th, honestly. <laughs> Jason X, five stars. It's a five-star movie. I fully agree. I didn't think you were going to be on the same side um, as me, but I think, I mean, you told me right before you rated Underworld Evolution four stars, so now anything you rate under four stars means that you like it less than Underworld Evolution. Yep, that's uh, it's added a whole new wrench into my rating system. <laughs> it's always on my mind now. So there is a review on Letterboxd from this guy Wood. He gave it five star, and he said, in space, no one can hear you fuck. Which is a play on um, the intro, which is, in space, no one can hear you scream. But a comment under this said, in space, no one can hear you cream. And I like that a lot more. Except for Jason. (laughs) Except for Jason. He won't cream. (laughs) So, Roger Ebert. (laughs) Did he have something for this? Yes. Roger Ebert gave this a half a star. Come on, Raj. And obviously he's going to shit all over it in his review, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about all that. I just want to mention this one initial storyline expert excerpt because it has a pretty clever joke in it. So he says, Jason X is technically Friday the 13th part 10. It takes place centuries in the future when earth is a wasteland and a spaceship from earth Two has returned to the camp crystal lake research facility and discovered two cryogenically frozen bodies. One of them holding a machete, one wearing a hockey mask. The other body belongs to Rowan, a researcher who was thought out and is told it is now the year 2455. That's 455 years in the future. Assuming that the opening scenes take place. Now you do the math and it comes up with five or 453 years in the future. The missing two years are easily explained. Um, I learned from the Classic Horror Reviews website that the movie was originally scheduled to release on Halloween 2000, but it was bumped to March 2001, Summer 2001, and Halloween 2001 before finally opening on the 16th anniversary of Chernobyl, another famous meltdown. I disagree with everything he says in this review, but that is a fucking hilarious joke. God, he could write, man. Dude, that guy can write. Like, he might have some idiotic points of view sometimes, but holy shit, can that guy write. Fuck. Another famous meltdown. Another famous meltdown. That's fucking Released on the anniversary of Chernobyl. Like even how do you even find that? How did Dude, you find that? Dude, the fact that he that? had to find that and then he made that joke after that's so that's incredible, dude. That's incredible. Dude, and that the internet was different back then, man. It wasn't as easy as it is now. No, he had to look for that or remember that off the top right. of his head. He had to know that shit. That's fucking incredible, dude. And not only that, this is a part that pisses me off, but Gene Siskel, which is like Roger Ebert's like homie, right. like review homie. Him and Roger Ebert told people to write in to Paramount to get the Friday the 13th series basically abolished. That's like, amazing. Like, a pro- like they were protesting against it because they were like, <laughs> violence? Gore? Uh, Fucking nerds, honestly. Dude, honestly, it's so wild. And even just in general, that's like the, that's kind of the pedigree of the Friday the 13th franchise, right? And then it's like, there's so many other movies, especially international cinema, that that are so much worse and so much more violent and so much more over the top that's like why why do people get their panties in such a bunch over friday the 13th from what i remember right like from all the roger ebert reviews i've read like he hates most big horror things right yeah i mean he gave the devils like half a star too (laughs) 
He just gives anything that's good half a star. Anything that people like that has blood or something in it, he's like, nope, sorry. <laughs> nope, terrible. Protest it. Get it off of the Protest earth. Protest it. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. That he, could you ima- that is one thing that pisses me off about him, though. Like, could you imagine being a movie reviewer and then telling people to picket fence a movie and telling them to get rid of it in general? Like, shouldn't you recognize that, like, everyone makes different movies? Right, and, like, every movie has a place somewhere, like... <laughs> yeah. It made $60 million, dick. <laughs> fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> but rest in peace, Roger Ebert. Why should it get removed if it's still <laughs> profitable, dumbass? Literally, like, come on. <laughs> but anyway, Jason X, five stars, a big star bowl movie. of ramen. Yep. A huge recommends yep. all around. If you don't like this movie, you're a dick. Yep. It's so fun. Um. Okay, so I have a fuck, Mary kill for you, James. Okay. Jason, when his face is all slimy, like before they revive him, like when uh, Homegirl's in there, like pulling off his mask and it's yep. like all drippy and like gross looking. The Grendel and me. The the whole spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> you got slimy Jason, the Grendel, and me. Okay. I will kill slimy Jason. I will fuck you. I will marry a spaceship. What is your reasoning behind marrying a spaceship? I don't know. It seems cool. Okay. I'll be I'll be able to sail around in a spaceship forever. Look, honestly, a lot of characters in this were, like, hot or, like, the men were just, like, not saying much that was, like, too annoying that I was, like, whatever. I guess I could have put low in there. I'm glad you didn't put low in there. I guess I could have put low in there. You know what? Let me st- let me switch it up. Ah. Slimy Jason, low with the nipple clamps and the lingerie, and me. Okay, I'm killing low. Um, he's just the worst. I'll, I, I'll fuck Jason, which means I'm going to die. Um, and then I'll, uh, marry you, so that's... Imagine having sex with Jason. I don't think you can. It's like, that's a paradox, right? Is it? Cause... He has a dick. I think, I think I've decided multiple times, like, even what they said in this, I think Jason has a huge dick. Well, he probably does, but he can't use it sexually or else he'd have to kill himself. Oh, you're right. You're right, or maybe... No, because he kills female orgasms. No, oh, that's true. <laughs> we discovered that. We discovered that was the true... From this movie, the true meaning. if we... But then again, he let the girl live, and then he killed the guy who gave her an orgasm. That's true. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, never mind, yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> okay, guys, well, that was the 150th episode. If you want to send a horror movie-related question or story to play on the show, either write down a question and send it to horrorsoupyahoo.com or record a two- to three-minute story on your phone, and again, send it to horrorsoupyahoo.com. And if you enjoy the show, leave a five-star rating or review on this show and also on Night Shift Video. Go give him some, guys. Just spread the love a little bit, you know? iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. And if you guys like the show and want extra content, you can go to patreon.com slash horrorsoup. You can find polls, movie commentary, bonus, uh, full bonus episodes, this month's full bonus episode revolves around Scream 5 and Texas Chainsaw 22. It's like an initial thoughts, like first watch kind of conversation. It's not a full length kind of thing. It's like, it's damn near an hour long, but yeah. it's like not like a note taking movie conversation episode um extra amityville based content the entire backlog of i'll suck your blood and a bunch of other stuff uh ad free episodes early access on patreon.com slash horror soup and the best ways to keep up with everything horror soup and night shift video are to follow the instagrams at horror soup and night shift video tiktoks again at horror soup and night shift video my twitter is at horror soup sucks my letterbox is at horror soup caleb james is at night shift video send any inquiries to horrorsoupyahoo.com again and then twitch.tv slash horror soup youtube at horror soup night shift video cameo at horror soup and thank you so much to ross lee for supplying the show with intro and outro music and thank you to tom aka the mutant members only club for also providing me with a ton of music that i use throughout this show and i'll suck your blood and a bunch of other shows bye guys see you guys i hope you like the episode grubs up grubs up baby grubs up give me horror soup give me give me horror soup give it give it horror soup 